Hi, Logan. Hey. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. So I think we'll get into it pretty quickly because, I mean, I know we've seen some promos, but there hasn't been any big news kind of going through, at least from my end of seeing stuff. So unless you have anything to highlight from your end, Logan. Mm, I'm trying to think. No, because there hasn't, there's not, of course, not really any big cat. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, the big casting news, which we'll talk about because we're going to talk about the episodes, but uh, no more Adrian Ray. And now we have... I know, and I can't say her first name. Is it I need to look up how to pronounce her first name. I feel bad when I can't pronounce people's first name. Is it Hanako? I is that how you say it? So. Greensmith so. as I Violet. Think so. I so, think so that we've got that going on, and then um, oh, they announced that uh, Natalie's mom, the actress. Oh, why am I blanking on her name? She's going to be what, like recurring on the show? I think. Oh yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, they kind <clears> of <throat> announced it in the whole block of. People yeah, like a block which included yep. Hanako. Yeah. Yep. So yep, yep, yep. that's exciting and interesting. I'm curious mm -hmm. to see what's going to happen with that. But there mm -hmm. you go. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's probably about it, though. I don't really yeah. know of anything else aside from like the usual summaries and stuff. Mm -hmm. What's weird is we don't have promo photos for next week's episode, mm -hmm. which I think is strange. We have we have the actual like promos that air on television, mm -hmm. and we even have sneak peeks for some of the episodes. Mm. But they didn't release photos, which mm. is usually the first thing they release. <laughs> yeah. That's a little weird. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's about it, though. No big, no big, okay. big news. Oh, well, we do know the finale air date. Um, oh. They announced that. I believe it's May 26th. Okay. Let me make sure. I'm going to look at a calendar to make sure that's a Wednesday. <laughs> Hold on. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, May 26th. So, okay. Okay. they didn't say how many episodes. Yeah the seasons are going to be just that the finales would air on may 26th mm -hmm. so i'm i'm betting originally they announced 15 mm -hmm. they won't stray too far from that i don't think they have time yeah to stray yeah. too far from that so i think at most maybe 16 yeah but they won't say for sure <laughs> yeah and i feel like know. i feel like if they won't say for sure then that means we're they want us to get more than 15 because if not why wouldn't you just say we announced mm -hmm. 15 so it's 15 <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Why Absolutely. would you be like so cagey about it unless it was more than fifteen? Yeah. So, so. We'll have to we'll see. see. Mm -hmm. So that's it. That's all like okay. the new stuff that I know of. Okay. So yeah, so we're we're gonna dive right into Chicago Med season six, episode eight. Woohoo. And so this was the beginning of the episode was the introduction of uh Dr. Archer. Look, boo. Well, you were, last podcast, you were excited to see how Dr. Archer was going to come in. For Steven <laughs> Weber, I didn't know they were going to have him play like a fragile male egotistical <laughs> scumbag. And now uh, it's like a, oh, I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. He can, he can go now. I've seen him. He's been on the set. It's great. We've <laughs> had fun. Not really. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I enjoyed seeing him kind of be introduced because sometimes I hate to, I don't know if there's like a great word for it, but he always seems like he has like such, I mean, he always has a demanding presence that no matter what show, but it, he kind of seems like, I hate to say, I don't know if it's excited, but like in a lot of other shows, like he seems to have a very big personality. He do, well, Stephen, yeah, Stephen Weber as an actor, mm -hmm. he's, he does have a very like sort of distinctive energy. Mm -hmm. so, like every project he's on he just 
kind of makes it his own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do. I love him as an actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm still, I mean, I'm hoping, you know, maybe they'll give me something else to be excited about. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. But I thought it was cool to, just to see him kind of play like a little bit even more mellow of a guy, even though we clearly see some, there's some tension that goes on <laughs> a little bit. But I, I just haven't normally seen him play like kind of like somewhat of a well, mellow guy. <laughs> he's playing somebody that's a bit more gruff than mm-hmm. what he usually plays. I will mm-hmm. say that. Because he normally, Stephen Weber normally plays a guy that's like snarky and yeah. a little more maybe yeah. like sophisticated and yeah. this guy is not either of those things. He's mm-hmm. he's very like, I'm trying to think of a word, I guess forthright. Like very yeah. upfront. Yeah, He doesn't do the whole two-faced game. Like if he doesn't like you, you know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he doesn't care if you know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a different character for him for sure, which is probably why he jumped at it. I, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's definitely a different kind of character for Stephen Weber mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, but I was just like, I still remember when I was live tweeting that night of like, Ethan, it's just never good to hire a mentor. Like, I get <laughs> it, You're, you look up to them, but like, when has that ever worked out well? <laughs> never work with your heroes. When you become the when you become your ex supervisor's supervisor, there's gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always a problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So we got to see that and so obviously Ethan hired Dr. Archer very quickly because he needed some hands, which I was still proud of Ethan for doing because he does need help. So Yeah. That was yeah, which see. it kinda sucks that the guy that he hired to help him is making his life more stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sort of not very helpful. I'm proud of him for being able to go with the flow because we know Ethan is not the best mm-hmm. at that. But at the same time, like you you probably hired somebody to make your that's actually mm-hmm. gonna make your job harder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not easier mm-hmm. which poor ethan <laughs> oh. poor, poor ethan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so as we start getting through the rest of the episode we actually get to see owen which i still every time oh. owen is on screen and i see him be so big i just i'm like in awe every time i know he used to be a little baby and now he's not anymore no so oh i'm old i don't want to be old i know it's like yesterday we saw him in a baby blanket and now we see him being like older than a toddler right yeah like like playing with a tablet oh my gosh like he just knows how to like (laughs) please i know all kids know how to play with tablets nowadays but like dang but it's just, it's different when you see them do it. So. I know. Like, you're too, you're too small for that. Put it down. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not, I don't want to, that's, you're a little baby. You don't know mm-hmm. how to use a tablet. Stop that. <laughs> but then with getting to see Owen, we did get to see Natalie's mom, which we haven't, apparently we saw her at one point. I honestly don't remember all the way back to that early in the I... I don't think we saw her for very long. Yeah. Like, I think, because uh, I don't ever remember them being the focus of an episode. Like, the most yeah. I remember seeing her parents is, like, right after she had the baby. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they were ever a focus. I think they were more a threat to her mother-in-law is really mm-hmm. what they were there for. So I mm-hmm. don't, there was an actress, but I don't think it was this actress. I don't think it was. That's, what, that's the other hard part is, like, I asked people on Twitter when I was live tweeting, like, did we see Natalie's mother before? Because I genuinely could not remember for the life of me. 
I think very briefly her parents came to the hospital right after she had the baby mm-hmm. because I remember her mother-in-law being very worried that Natalie was going to move back east mm-hmm. like further east than mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. uh, or uh, west I'm sorry she's from she's from Seattle mm. Portland Portland maybe I, I think she's from Portland no so memory west. it would have been west um, yeah I think she's from Portland so I think she was afraid of Natalie like moving back home Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's like the only time they were just there to represent this threat that Natalie might leave Chicago mm-hmm. um, so I don't think there we ever really like saw them saw them but yeah. I, we knew that they existed and Natalie mm-hmm. was in touch with them <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah also did Natalie move back home that's what I'm still confused by because I think in the next episode like I, I don't there's no mention in the, I still get very she, confused yeah, I mean, at one point, doesn't she say that he's staying with her mom? I, I'm i real confused. Like, I'm just confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so am I, because it's not like, I love the show, but they're still not the most consistent with telling us, like, what's going on. Yeah, like, if Natalie moved back home, when did she move back home? Mm-hmm. Um, if she didn't move back home, was she just, like, visiting for the mm-hmm. weekend, and then she was going to go back to Club Med after? Well, like, Crockett was staying at Club Med, too, but... Is... No, Crockett has an apartment. Oh, yeah. So, I don't... I'm still very confused, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Crockett has an apartment. Natalie was staying at Club Med. Oh, and okay. then Crockett, like, stayed over in her room. Okay. okay. So, I don't know what's going on with Natalie's living situation. Yeah. So... I have no idea. Yeah. But, either way, she was home at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And her mother collapse of which that was like i feel so bad like owen seeing that was like so scary you saw natalie being scared and it was just like she told him to stay out of the room Mm. i just wanted to give everybody a hug because it's like that's such a scary thing for your kid to not only see like their grandparent be in distress but then you're trying to take control of the situation and Mm -hmm. it's it was so much it was so much yeah yeah so that happened so then the mom had to go to med Mm -hmm. of course of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and then what was after? Oh, Augie. Mm-hmm. That was the other plot, right? Like, Augie and his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still mad. Because so we finally got to see uh, Augie's technically biological, well, not technically, his biological brother's adoptive parents came all the way from California to come mm-hmm. visit him. And they were really sweet together. They mm-hmm. were having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And they really liked each other, and the parents seemed really great and really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, <clears throat> this went the way of Louis, which uh-huh. whatever. <sighs> just why, 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 why? No, it just. But oh. anyway, they asked. They asked if they could adopt Augie, like right in front of them in the mm-hmm. hospital. Like, what? Who? Who does that? And that felt like. I mean, I get where they were coming from because it. They're biological brothers. I get it. Or half-brothers. I understand sure. why, but why bring it up in the hospital? Like, what? what? Take these yeah. people out for lunch. <laughs> yeah, like, much easier way to transition to that like, subject. What? Yeah, that was not good. Um, mm-hmm. So, of course, immediately, Maggie is on the defensive mm-hmm. because, you know, nobody wants to hear that in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> 
I remember I tweeted like that the Tracy Morgan no gif because I was like, "Yep, we're not doing this again." I didn't get attached to this little family for it to be I taken know. away again. Well, and that's just that's, that's so like, mad. That was like the really frustrating part for me because it felt like there had been this such wonderful buildup, and then it was just ripped away. No, they, he's calling him mom and dad. I like, like why? Why do you do this to my heart? Seriously, seriously, so mad so mad so anyway so that sets up maggie's plot is thinking about that because ben is clearly not totally against it mm-hmm. but <clears throat> maggie is so they kind of have a little argument which is mm-hmm. um yeah that's a little awkward so mm-hmm. that's maggie's plot for the episode and mm-hmm. then what's after that is that her mom, well the whole uh, natalie's mom at the hospital natalie's mom and so then we kind of because, of course, as with most one Chicago shows, and especially Chicago Met as of late, they love having, like, kind of, like, love, tri- uh, love triangle-esque kind of little in- inserts here and there. And so <clears throat> with Natalie's mom end up having what seems to be a heart issue, we get not only uh, Will wanting to kind of intervene a little bit, because he's known Natalie for so long. They, obviously, they were getting mm. super close to getting and married. The, and that clinical trial sure is convenient. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So Will decides to butt in, Irritated but then also, yeah. <laughs> so not only does Will kind of insert himself a little bit into that situation, but obviously with Natalie seeing Marcel, he's like, "What can I do to help?" Because clearly, this woman I'm seeing, this was her mother. Uh, try and at least form some kind of bond, because clearly Natalie's mother loves Will very, very much. Oh my gosh, that was so awkward. Like I was so like, bad. oh. Oh, poor Marcel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's watching this woman just like totally fawn over Will. And you're just like, oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so like, just makes you want to hug him. Like, it's mm-hmm. okay. He's mm-hmm. just known him longer than you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awkward. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was and Natalie's awkward. face, Natalie's face during oh, that whole yeah. thing was really funny. She, yeah, I felt for uh-huh. her too. Like, oh no. <laughs> Oh, you! Oh, absolutely, because it's hard. Because obviously, she's so concerned for her mother, but at the same time, like she's, the, you have these out outer forces of Will and Marcel wanting right. to offer different help to help well, her mother. And, and you don't. She doesn't want to like tell her mom like you can't be nice to Will. Like there's no yeah. friends, so yeah. it's not like she can say you oh, know yeah. I no you shouldn't talk to no of course she's gonna let her mom like be friends with Will because mm-hmm. her mom likes Will. So mm-hmm. it's just like it was just awkward. Like I can't tell her not to be so like so fawning over him so much but at the same time like please stop fawning over him so Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah so it's i know it's still interesting to see because obviously you know like you said will's clinical trial is going on and it's he kind of i hate i wanted to slap will a little bit in the episode because i like, hated that it felt like him taking advantage yeah of a definitely. friendship to me yeah and i don't no, know if the I writers agree. meant it that way or not but it felt skeevy. it came across and, like that though yeah it totally did because he waited to bring it up until he was alone with natalie mm-hmm. and he's like talking to natalie about it and it's like why why well and it's you know also, like yeah yeah and also that's the thing if i were here's here's my opinion on that if I were running a clinical trial and I knew there was a 50% chance that my friend's mom would not get the medication and it could cost her uh-huh. her life, uh-huh. I would not 
recommend my friend's mom to be a part of the clinical trial. Because you don't know if she's going to get the medication. Because I'm sorry, up until this point, almost all the patients we've seen have had the medication. Right. So, and that's the thing, too. You, I would want my friend's mom to get the sure thing. The yeah. thing that is definitely going to help her. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. not the thing that might help her, the thing that will help her. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, no. I, I wouldn't yeah. have approached Natalie about that at all. Uh-huh. And I understand that they're trying to show that Will absolutely believes in this. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's going to work. But, like, you it don't go felt- with the thing, the, the thing you think is going to work. You go with the just, thing you know is going to work. Yeah, and it just, it felt kind of, I hate to, I hate to use the word icky, but it's just like it you said. It did feel icky. It just was like, be there for Natalie as her friend. Don't be trying to be like a salesman and sell her on something. Right, and she, she obviously, she knows about the trial. If she's mm-hmm. interested in it, she will bring mm-hmm. it up to you. Exactly, exactly. So oh I was kind goodness. of really relieved that when, you know, Natalie said, we're going to do the trial, but then after talking to her mom, they were like, no, we're actually going to do that all that with yeah. Know, Marcel had to say, I'm like, I was really actually I, the, the smart decision. Yeah, I was really afraid that her mom liking Will so much was going to make her like influence mm-hmm. that decision, you know, and have to mm-hmm. go with that. I was so worried, and I was thinking to myself, Will, if you put Natalie's mom in this clinical trial and Natalie's mom dies as a result oh. of this, that is going to be worse than anything that ever happened to the two of you when you were together. Mm-hmm. Like, just mm-hmm. don't do it. Mm-hmm. I was like so worried that that was mm-hmm. what was gonna happen. Like, no, no, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I'm glad that I think they made the right call at the end of the episode. Agreed. I, I'm going with the was it the LVAD? Is that the thing that they yeah. went? With? Is it LVAD or VAD? I, I don't know. It's one uh, or the other. It's, it's VAT, VAD, whatever. It's L L V A something. <laughs> 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 I have to look at closed captions in mm-hmm. order to see. Sometimes the closed captions aren't right. Very um, true. Very true. But anyway, so that was that storyline. But I like I felt, I honestly, I did. I did want to smack Will a little bit during because let's <laughs> just talk about the rest of that storyline because the confrontation between him between him and Marcel, where Crockett was like, "What are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. this is, what are you up to? This is this is not good." Which he was up to something, mm-hmm. and maybe he meant it genuinely. But he was up to something. And then he rubs it in Crockett's face that he and Natalie have a history. And I'm like, I'm oh, really trying. That is not the time. I, know, not like, the time. I, I was like, I'm really trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, Will. Like, I want to believe that you genuinely think this is going to help her mom. That you're not mm-hmm. just doing this to meet your quota or whatever. Mm-hmm. But bringing that up right then with him. And I understand he's being a little aggressive with you. But, like, for real, you choose now to rub it in his face that you mm-hmm. and Natalie are exes. You think mm-hmm. that's going to be the thing that you need to do? <sighs> like, I, oh, he bugged me in the episode yeah. so bad. Mm-hmm. So bad. It was like, mm-hmm. really, Will? Really? Mm-hmm. Not the yeah. time, my man. Not the Not time. Not a fan. Nope. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. So, <clears throat> anyway, but I'm glad that that didn't have a negative effect on Crockett and Natalie because they're super cute. Mm hmm. Because, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the. It, get into it with the other episodes but i'm just very much enjoying how they're still building it up between natalie and marcel yes again, I we had it i wasn't expecting it and I, i'm still cracking up because i always thought i was always going to be like a natalie and will person 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will still have an appreciation for that, but where they're going with Mansell is making me very happy right now. It's so cute. But we had this episode, we did have like a head kiss, and I freaked out because I was like, oh my god. I gosh, know. I love head kisses. They're like the sweetest thing. And, and Crockett just like totally kissed the top of her head. And I, I know. Like, oh, it's but it's so like beautiful. I think I love it even more because it's like you you see Marcel, you know how he acts and you know what he does. It doesn't seem like something he would do. And so when he does do it, it's just like it, it warms your heart a little bit. I know. It's like, oh, he likes her so much. So much. So much. <laughs> like, if you had any doubt that he was crazy about Natalie, it's got to be like gone. Oh, now. I know. And I mean, like, I still I crack up thinking where we were at the beginning of the season to now. And I'm like, oh, that was a complete 180. <laughs> right. Or like even when you think back to um, was it the mid-season finale last season where like Natalie told uh, Crockett, she's like, you know, I, I thought you were like a better person than this because she mm-hmm. found out about him in April. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, but obviously I was wrong or something. It was, yeah. I'm paraphrasing. But like when you think back to that moment to now, it's like, Man, it's insane. It's insane. The progress but... that they have made. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm very appreciative. Like, I, I kind of love it. I mean, I enjoy ships when they are either, it's, I'm happy whether it be very expected or unexpected and this is a very unexpected one and I'm right. still very happy with where they well, chose to go with it. I love the fact that somehow Natalie like really without even trying in the beginning was just able to like crack through those walls that he put up mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just so nice to like mm-hmm. see that happen without and and they are having to work at it they're having to make sure they talk about things but mm-hmm. the fact that it began as just like this natural sort of organic Mm-hmm. magnetism you know like mm-hmm. they were attracted to each other and that made them a little more vulnerable with each other that mm-hmm. was just really refreshing to see and the fact that the show's not making it painful like it's mm-hmm. not this like tortured drawn out you know thing Absolutely. and Absolutely. that might that might come back and bite us later because maybe if they don't do that it's too easy I don't know mm-hmm. but I like that they didn't do it I like that it was like yeah, they had that tension for a little bit, that awkwardness of, like, do you like me? I like you. You know, mm-hmm. what are we doing? But now they've moved past that, or they've started to move past that mm-hmm. in this episode. And you can mm-hmm. tell that this really is something that they both want. Mm-hmm. You know, like, maybe they haven't mm-hmm. addressed what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not just a casual fling. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that by the head kiss. I know. I just need to go and rewatch that thing because it's that just it, every time you like it was say so head, sweet. Head kiss, it just like warms my heart. It gives me like the little flutters, and I love it so much. It was so so sweet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, yeah, and the really only other big plot to the episode was the one woman patient with her fake baby, the, the fake baby, and then yeah. which kind of I still it was her with the fake baby but i think it was also dealing a lot with dr charles because at the end of the episode he had the confrontation with his Mm ex-wife and he gets to keep his daughter in the city with him yep that was interesting wasn't it she Mm -hmm. like just totally did a 180 on him Mm -hmm. because she was like set like you know when he told her about initially it's like see you always do this you're so manipulative and then she like Mm -hmm. took off and then later she's like, okay, you're right. I, I can't relate to my daughter. Obviously, I'm not the one she needs. Here, you take mm-hmm. her. And you're like, whoa. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that was a pretty big pretty big moment, which they haven't really touched mm-hmm. back on that yet. That, no, um, not yet. Hmm, interesting. Um, 
Yeah, oh, and that plot involved Lannick for a little bit. Yeah, which... It, once forever, again, it, it forever confuses me that, like, Lannick was like, nah, I can't fund the ED, but I'm gonna stay yeah. here and work. <laughs> like, I know. Wait, what? <laughs> I still don't get it, but I still, I appreciate the Lannick sightings every so often, but I'm just still, like, very confused about the whole, like, hierarchy of everything, but he's still I there. Too. I don't know. I don't understand. I guess maybe uh, the only thing I think is that he was interim. So he was like, you know what? I don't want to be interim anymore. You got to yeah. find somebody who's like going to do it full time. That's the only thing I can think of. I guess. Um, I don't know, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, the story of the, the woman in that doll was so sad. Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, I can't. Like, that would you fall and you've, you're holding your baby and like uh, well and it's just to be like reliving it that, that's what kind of hurt me and it, yeah. it was hard <clears> to well, see the, that no, the guilt ahead. of that would be so mm-hmm. hard to let go like I, I you know like because mm-hmm. you want to think that you mm-hmm. can protect a child from everything but when you're the one who endangers them even if it's by accident it's mm-hmm. like I I, ooh, I mean that would be rough that would be mm-hmm. terrible terrible well and it's just it's that <clears throat> what also kind of broke my I mean broke my heart but like in a sweet way was that even though the woman was going through this she and her she had by then divorced her and her husband had become divorced whatever he still kind of came back because he saw that she was clearly not okay and helped her go through like losing their child for real this time yeah Speaking it was, of it was hard. <clears throat> speaking of losing a child, we didn't talk about the fact this was the episode where Maggie revealed that she'd had a daughter, right? Gave it up for I adoption. I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, she had that great scene in this. She had that great scene in the stairwell where she was just like mm-hmm. so upset. Oh, broke my heart. Um, I, I but I also sort of want her to talk to Sylvie because Sylvie's on the other side of that situation. I know. Like in the ideal world where these shows cross over and they're all friends. Mm-hmm. Be like Maggie, call Sylvie. <laughs> I know, like doctor opinion on it. Source right there, right, right there. She literally had this happen to her last year. Her mom showed mm-hmm. up out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Talk to her about it. She can help you. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, why mm-hmm. can't I just like have them throw that in there and just make a special request? Just give me a Sylvie Maggie bonding moment over it, like something, like something. Seriously. Because the situations are just so similar. Like, just just give me. So give me much. It. <laughs> They're so my much. two favorites on the two shows, okay? Let me have them have a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, that was that. And I think at the end of that, didn't they decide that Augie was going to go with mm-hmm. his brother? <sighs> and it was, it was hard because, like, you saw how much it affected Maggie. But at this, and I still, I still don't get it to a certain extent because it kind of just, it felt like still kind of out of nowhere. Because like, it did. Had, like, said, we went, we had so much built up, and for her to just be like, okay, he can go with them. Yeah. Like, it, oh. like the the minute, the minute that they introduced the fact that he had a brother in California who was also adopted, I was like, oh, this is Louis all over again. I mm-hmm. just knew it. I knew it. Well, we had figured that, like, within. I think like six oh seven when they were starting to talk about it, and we we're like, "Oh, are they going to go there with this? Are they going to go there?" And we we're like, no. "They better not go there. They better and not they go there." And they did. Oh, betrayal. Oh, the betrayal. I'm still mad. Clearly, I'm still mad about it because it felt like we, it, I, Maggie and Ben and Augie didn't have to. I mean, obviously, families go through tough hardships, but why couldn't they see together? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, what can? 
can somebody just have a kid and be happy? Like, Natalie's no. the only person. Seriously. Can we have someone else, please? Just, we need people to be happy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, think about this season. April and Ethan are broken up. Okay? And then Ben and Maggie almost adopted Augie, and now that's gone. And mm-hmm. Karen is having issues with her son. And <laughs> Dr. Mm-hmm. Charles almost lost his daughter. <laughs> You're just mm-hmm. like, can, can, can you stop? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. can we just let somebody, like, I'm just so glad that Natalie and Marcel are happening because that's like the only spot mm-hmm. I'm happy in this entire show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, y'all got to give me something. <laughs> Which, I mean, once again, we're getting some happiness with Mansell, <clears throat> so I'm not going to be totally mad at the end of the day. But still, like, Maggie and Ben have in their lifetimes been through so much. Let them be happy. Like, they, they'll go through some tough things as anybody does in life, but, like, let them be happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then the uh, the last thing with Med that's going to lead into the next episode is is just Ethan and Dr. Archer, because we kind of touched on it, but we didn't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, um, yeah, Dr. Archer's going to be a troublemaker, I think. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ethan's going to have a hard time being the authority figure, which mm-hmm. that's going to be fun for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> oh, goodness. I think that's it. I think we talked about everything. I think we did. And now we're on to Chicago Fire Season 9, Episode 8. Woohoo! Woo! Ooh. Yeah, this episode uh, <clears throat> starts with Granger in the locker room at 51. Because, uh-huh. of course, <laughs> Herman has to go on this vacation. Was it, to, I, was it Michigan he was going to? Or some part of, like, I'm... Indiana? I'm not sure. <laughs> it, was, it was just somewhere that honestly wasn't that different from Chicago. So you kind of were questioning, like, Herman, why are you going somewhere in the winter time that's relatively the same temperature and area? Really, he also didn't really seem to want to go. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. He was, he was worried about uh, 51. Like, I know. Like, It'll be okay, Herman. You can go on vacation with your wife. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Uh, it was funny but um yeah so we get a little you know Granger and Sylvie flirting in the locker room action which was cute I know um, I wasn't mad at it like I mean I know no I, you and I was... are still firmly in the Bretzky camp we're, we're yes. not leaving but we can no. still enjoy a cute moment of him being right. very tall her being very small <laughs> and him the kind way of having he, like spread his legs to yeah. like hunch a little bit I know so and I'm sorry I'm not gonna <laughs> dismiss a cute moment because it was in fact adorable it was and really their cute, cute banter it was their and banter was like, adorable their cheesy banter like mm-hmm. everything that they have said to each other has been like sort of cheesy and I love mm-hmm. it that they're like that cheesy couple mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you're precious mm-hmm. but you can't tell jokes <laughs> no no <laughs> it's cute I think they're cute but of course Casey sees it which I love immediately he's like <laughs> to like, Herman like you turned into a high school boy. Anytime I know. Concerns Sylvie Brett, and it's the most precious thing. Oh, it was. World. It was. But he was just like, "Is that? Is that what's his name? Oh, you know his name. We all know you know his name. Come on now, <laughs> Matthew. 
Matthew, 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 Matthew. We're gonna call him Matthew from now on because he's about to get real stupid. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> not that he hasn't been all along, but I mean, like, Granger just manages to turn it up to like an eleven with him. Yeah. So. <clears throat> anyway, of course, this is gonna trigger jealous Matt. Mm-hmm. Because. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants Sylvie and he refuses to do anything about it. Yeah. And I want to strangle him because I'm like, dude, you could solve all of this with one conversation. You actually have to say the things you've said to Severide to Sylvie. Mm-hmm. And I understand mm-hmm. that she's asked for space and told him it's never going to happen. And so maybe he's respecting that. But come on. Mm-hmm. You've been miserable without her. And like, why? you? If you want something... Your chances of having it go up when you ask for it. But that would be too easy. That'd I be too know. Easy. I know. But still, it's like, come on, man. I know. I know. You don't actually have a reason to be jealous. Because if you were to say something, Sylvie would totally be on board. She just doesn't know that you want her for her. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's really frustrating. Anyways, so, you know, for the rest of the episode, we have Jealous Matt. Um, yeah. And poor Granger, he's just trying to do his job. Mm-hmm. And I understand, I understand that he overstepped a little on that first scene because he's, they got there and he started barking out orders. And Casey's like, whoa, I'm the captain. Mm-hmm. You wait for me. And like, I get that. Okay, sure. You want to make sure that the guy stays in his place. But then he starts to apologize and Casey cuts him off. And I'm like, yeah. that's a little unnecessary, my man. Yeah, and I mean, to play on Granger's behalf a little bit, like, like I think he mentioned, like, at the other house, the kind of, even though he was just the lieutenant, he kind of was still the one in charge of a lot of the calls. So I don't blame him. That house doesn't have a captain. So, like, if somebody has to be in charge of the calls until the chief gets there, it's Uh him. Uh So he's just used to being that guy, you Mm -hmm. know? And so uh, that's what he tried to explain on the scene in case he cut him off. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get that they had a fire, okay, but he still was a was extra. He was a little yeah. extra root. And Sylvie yeah. noticed. Oh yeah, yeah. And then all um, yeah. And then later, <clears throat> let's just go ahead and talk about this plot all at once. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Later, he actually does apologize. Like he stops Casey in the hall, and he's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to explain. This is what happened." And he, Casey kind of mm-hmm. brushes him off a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, you know what? He is trying. You need to, like, let up. Because I love him, but, like, really? But when he's, like, a butthead, he's, he goes hard. He does! And, I'm, and usually that only happens with Severide. Yeah. Or, or somebody who deserves it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. Granger did not deserve it. All he's done is try to make Sylvie happy. Mm-hmm. Which... I mean, Matt could be trying to make Sylvie happy, but no, he's not doing that. No. So that's his own fault. His own mm-hmm. fault. Be mad at yourself. Don't be mad at Granger. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had that. And then... I was trying to think. Um, Molly's happens before the next thing, right? So that that's like that whole shift. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Molly's happens where Matt goes to Molly's and Greg and Sylvia are there and Greg buys him a beer, which that was so awkward. I know. And like, I felt, I, in that moment, I did feel bad for Matt because it's like he's having to watch them on a date. <laughs> it's like, uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, Matthew, 
Matthew, Matthew. Mm-hmm. So he's very he's polite there. Okay. So he can be polite to Granger. Oh yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> but he did walk away pretty quick. Um and that leads to Granger and Sylvie talking about it, which I loved this conversation because Greg is just continually proving that he is he is a great guy. Um mm-hmm. because he says to her, you know, there's something more going on between the two of you because I I can tell. Mm-hmm. And you know, she says it, it and this this answer made me so sad because I it's just Sylvie not understanding what what is going on with Matt just really breaks my heart because mm. She doesn't understand, like, how great she is, I don't think. I know. <laughs> and it's really heartbreaking because I am I agree with Foster back, you know, in season seven. She's an 11. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand. So, but anyway, she basically says to Granger that it was somewhere between something and nothing. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't nothing, Sylvie Brett. Come on. Like, yeah, but I mean, so at the same time, that, do you want to say that in front of a guy you're seeing at the moment? Probably I mean, not. I know, but still, like, the whole concept of her oh, yeah. not knowing that it was not a nothing, yeah. she's like, it was somewhere between something and nothing. And, but I do mm-hmm. love his response, which is like, he says, you don't need to confess to me. And I was like, oh, oh, please, that's like the sweetest thing ever. Uh-huh. And of course, that's what leads Sylvie to be like, um, hey, you want to get out of here? Let's 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 get out of here and mm-hmm. who's gonna say no to that because it, again it's sylvie brett and she's an 11 like exactly nobody's exactly gonna say no to that so they get out of there and uh yeah they have a little fun back at her place which i do not which, either one of them no that's right and i remember they were I think, both very attractive people <laughs> exactly and i remember when i was live tweeting i was like Sylvie can get it. She should get it. Like, let right. her have her fun. Hey, Matt slept with, you know, Kitty Claws girl, Sydney or whatever. Oh, Vanilla Thunder. Vanilla Thunder. Yeah. yeah. And also, last season, Smart Girl. So, you know, mm-hmm. Sylvie has basically been celibate since Kyle. Mm-hmm. Like, she deserves some fun. Okay? She deserves to have some, like, serious, you know, hot fun. Let's let her have mm-hmm. some. I, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm cool with it. And I still crack up, though. Like, I know everybody was hoping when we were finally getting, like, you know, you're with you checking on the press releases of, like, hearing Matt's bedroom. Oh, we finally get to see Matt's bedroom. Oh, we finally (laughs) get to see Sylvie's bedroom. We did, but... (laughs) Not for what we wanted. No, that totally backfired. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Matt's bedroom for the first time was because Sydney was in it. And then we see Sylvie's bedroom, like, actually see it, not just the doorway. Mm-hmm. It's because her and Granger are in it. I'm just like, uh, this is not, <laughs> this is not what I wanted, <laughs> but it's what I've got. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. It's one of those be it's careful like, what you wish for moments is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still hopeful if they took the time to build the sets now, maybe they'll get more use out of them. I mean, they have to, right? They spent the yeah. money on it. They also yeah. spent the money on a Brexy theme. I so know. So, you know, that's going to come back at some point. I know. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so, but yeah, so, you know, Brett and Granger have some fun, uh, mm-hmm. which is well-deserved on all sides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then the next shift comes around, and, um, yeah, Matt's still on Granger's case. Mm-hmm. And he really shouldn't be, because Granger hasn't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the minute they, the minute he gets in, Casey is, like, approaching him about something that's missing on the truck. Mm-hmm. And Greg's like, no, I'm pretty sure we counted it. 
and he's being like, he's, I mean, grouchy, just very, very grouchy with Greg. And when he walks away, <laughs> poor Ritter, who had to witness all of this, was like, he's not normally like that. Yeah. And Granger, but I mean, yes, so I've been told. Uh huh. And I mean, just once again, for the win, like Ritter's faces and expressions are still my favorite. Love him. I love him so much. So I'm much. so glad he's in more of the episodes. I know. Like, he's Daniel Keery is just, uh, he's got the best comedic timing in the world, and he's got some great dramatic chops as he's proved this season, too. Uh huh. So, uh-huh. I'm so happy with that. But yeah, and the part we didn't really talk about was Sylvie's been the one telling Granger that Matt's so great, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When Ritter says he's not normally like that, Granger's like, yeah, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he hasn't really seen it, poor thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, and of course, this all leads to a big confrontation. Granger goes to Casey's quarters to tell him, hey, I found the thing that you said wasn't on the truck, and it was actually on the truck. And Casey's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> He accuses him of being bad at his job. And then when he says, no, I'm not actually bad at my job, Casey's like, eh, you know, whatever. (laughs) Which still, that still feels like so weirdly like out of character for Matt. And I mean, if he's irritated, I could see it, but it's just like, you just, you don't have any reason to be irritated. It's not Sylvie's fault that you can't tell her how you feel. It's, it's not Granger's fault that you can't voice what you want. That's, you know, just, dude, get it together. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> yeah, that results in Greg sort of sticking up for himself, which is long overdue, and saying, you know what? I'm a good captain. I'm good at my job. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't deserve any of this. Um, and he says, you know, you don't need to take it out on me just because of whatever's going on with you and Sylvie, which mm-hmm. may have been crossing the line. <laughs> So just, just a little, little. Just a little. But you kind of can't blame him because Casey's been mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, of course, that immediately sets Casey off. Um, and he accuses uh, Greg of being out of line. And then we have that exchange from the promo, which is like, you're out of line. You're unprofessional. <laughs> like, these men. These men are more dramatic than the women, I swear. I know. Um, <laughs> just like really guys <laughs> really anyways um and they're like nose to nose and then of course the bells go off right in the middle of all of that um but the best part the part that I did not expect was when they leave to go to the call they're like it the camera like spins around into the laundry mm-hmm. room and like there's Sylvie and uh, yeah. she looks pissed and I'm like I yeah. do not blame you girl I would be pissed too like what is going on with these guys this is stupid mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I, the minute that came on the screen, I was like, oh, I can't wait till they get back. Mm-hmm. Forget the call. Just have them come back. <laughs> and that was like all I wanted, but the call was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and we got to see, you know, like Granger did have a good idea. And so mm-hmm. Casey and Matt like, actually listened. I know. And you like acknowledged <laughs> like that was a, actually a really good idea. And so I was like, yeah. okay, maybe a little bit of growth, maybe a little bit of growth here. <laughs> Finally. Gosh, took long enough. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, they ended up working together and that was, that turned out okay. You know, mm-hmm. Matt listened mm-hmm. to him. He made a suggestion the right way. He didn't just try and take over. Good for mm-hmm. you, Greg. Mm-hmm. Matt actually listened to the idea and it worked. So good for both of them. That's great. Um, but then they get back to the house 
and Casey and Sylvie sort of have it out in the bunk room. Mm-hmm. But Sylvie's version of have it out because she's not entirely clear on what's happening. And mm-hmm. it makes me want to shake her too. <laughs> because I'm like, are you? You're really, yeah. really? Because she tells him that it doesn't have to do with his current problem, doesn't have to do with her, doesn't have to do no. with Granger. It has to do with the fact that he's still in love with Gabby. I <laughs> wanted to be like, honey, uh, nobody's brought up Gabby except you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love her. She is a ball of sunshine and totally stupidly sexy. But, like, for real, man, you're the one that's brought up Gabby every time Gabby's come into the conversation. And it's like, Literally, Matt has not talked to her or thought about her in months, but she doesn't know that because Matt didn't tell her that. Because mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. she knows is that Matt said, I don't know. And then later, regardless of Gabby. And I wanted to just like, I don't know, it makes you want to like hug her and tell her the truth. I know. <laughs> I know. I just want, I want, I know this isn't going to happen because Severide would never do this. But I just want Severide to be like, listen, here's what he said to you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, one thing to me about you. That would be the easy route. <laughs> right, that's not going to happen. But I just like want somebody to be like, Sylvie, seriously, I, obviously this man is in love with you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. do you not, I mean, really? Though, I, I, like, how can you take him being rude to Granger and twist it into, it's because you're still in love with Gabby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, like, that just really confused me. But he <sighs> needed to hear it. Okay. So oh, yeah. He needed to hear that she thought that because obviously he didn't understand that she thought that. Mm-hmm. Which I don't. She literally said it right after they kissed. So I'm like, Matthew, did you did you not hear her? She says it. She straight up said it. I always knew you were still in love with Gabby, and then she says it here again. And so you know, she tells him to reach out and resolve that, and so he can be the guy that they all look up to again. Um, which, ouch. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I it was, like I said, it was a confrontation that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. needed to hear that Sylvie was, like, genuinely upset by how he was behaving. And that it's because he hasn't resolved anything. You know, mm-hmm. like, I loved when she said, I called you out and you haven't done anything about it. So, I was like, yes, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. She did call him out and he has done nothing. Like, he needs to get his butt moving. That's what everybody mm-hmm. in the fandom has been saying since all of this started. Like, when is he going to do something? And he hasn't. So it's about time somebody called him out, and I'm glad it was Sylvie. But mm-hmm. I don't like that she thinks it's because of Gabby. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I don't like that. Yeah. yeah I just no, want agreed. her to see that, agreed. like, I, because it, I feel like, and I know Sylvie is like, shown herself to be super confident. You know, she knows her job. She knows she's good at her job. She loves her mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. But there's also a level of insecurity there, I think, as far as, oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, the Gabby casts a long shadow. Um, and I feel like Sylvie feels like she's always going to be in it. Professionally and personally. Oh, yeah. And I just, I really want somebody to point out to her, like, you're not in anybody's shadow. You're, you're legendary on your own. Like, that's it. And I, I, I think that they're starting to make sure she knows that. Um, just in different ways, which come up in the next two episodes. But, like... I feel like that's part of it, too, where Gabby just is such a prolific person within mm-hmm. 51 still, even though she's been gone. 
that Sylvie just feels like she'll never measure up in any way. And that breaks mm-hmm. my heart a little bit. And I, I just know. like, I know. I hate that for her. But I think that plays into why she assumed it's Gabby because it, you know, she's, as far as she's concerned, Matt's still in love with Gabby. There's no way anything he's doing mm-hmm. is related to her. Mm-hmm. Which, what? <laughs> I know. I don't know. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, the look on Matt's face, too. That was another thing. I wanted to, like, shake him into saying something. Because he just, like, stood there in stunned silence, looking heartbroken. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, you, you gotta talk to somebody besides Severide. <laughs> like, words. You know mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Try and use them. I know, you know, emotions are not your thing. But can you? <laughs> Please? <laughs> so, I'm gonna call him Matthew. Mm-hmm. Until until he gets that straight. Yeah, understandable. Understandable. He is um, he is Matthew. No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that assessment. <laughs> um, I mean, there are a couple other big parts of the episode. The one yeah. shout out that I don't want to go too into too much detail, but I still wanted to call out Sylvie with an axe towards the end of the episode. Yes, because with I the... think parts of it Matthew. were her frustration of the episode of like obviously For seeing sure. like what was going on with Granger and Matt. And so to just kind of see badass Sylvie with an axe to kind of get to the guy passed out in his apartment. More it was smash amazing. therapy. <laughs> more smash therapy. I loved but, it. It was like, amazing. The, first of all, the way she was just like, they were, you know, Mackie was like, okay, call for a manpower assist. And she was like, no, we like, don't have time. And then immediately goes to get the axe. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yes. absolutely. Yes. She just takes her elbow and like breaks that glass. And you're like, oh, this is going down. It was uh-huh. it was awesome. Uh-huh. And then Mackie just like tore that thing apart. She like feasted it. I mean, like uh-huh. muscled that thing down oh, yeah. into a pile oh, yeah. of kindling. Oh yeah. It was great. <laughs> and oh, the yeah. poor guy standing there watching it all like that that was my grandfather's. Well, it's like, it's like you two were idiots gold. who decided to put do, try and take a beautiful big armoire and put it through a tiny doorway. That's what you get for doing that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> but that that was a really great moment. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I love I love that they're showing us more of Sylvie taking charge this season. Oh yeah, because you know it's not in previous seasons. She's always been, she's been PIC since season four. A long think. time yeah but it's she's always had partners that i think mm-hmm. had a big personality so oh yeah it sort of overshadowed her i think um but i oh, like yeah. that now they're like no she's badass mm-hmm. you know like they're just mm-hmm. really being short they've always shown her to be badass but it feels like they've stepped it up she gets to shine a little bit more yeah and i really love it i love mm-hmm. that and especially early in the season you know when they had mackie just be in awe of her Mm-hmm. and like how she's meant for this job and just like yes this is the energy i want in her partner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know we'll talk about mackie in the next episode in, the, in but, our next episode but i love i did love that moment though where mackie just like mackie and sylvie just tear apart that armor like, that oh was, yeah that so was good. awesome it kind of made me want to do it. Obviously, I don't want to destroy any furniture, but it looks really fun. <laughs> I, it does look fun, <laughs> but definitely not something you want to practice unless you have permission. Agreed. 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 Uh, oh, so, and then, are, oh there's, and then the the other storyline is yep Kelly. Yep. Well, and there's other one. It's one my honestly kind of second favorite part of the episode was with Cruz, but let's talk about Kelly first. Oh yeah. Well, the house from the beginning, the call in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, was his old house 
which, which not expecting that. I mean, I think they said in the episode, like, we knew April was going to come in. So everybody was kind mm-hmm. of wondering how April could somehow be connected to any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was nice to be reminded of, like, their origins, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's it's not mentioned all the time. It was mm-hmm. mentioned almost every episode for, like, all of season season three, mm-hmm. I think. Season four, maybe? I don't know. I can't remember. It was one of those. Um, and then, you know, as Med progressed and as Fire progressed, it just kind of fell to the wayside mm-hmm. a little bit. So we only got, we get like a mention maybe like once every other season. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to really like delve into that and, and remind us that Kelly does genuinely have a deep sort of affection for mm-hmm. April. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was there for him through a lot. Um, and so it's just, it was really nice and sweet Mm-hmm. to be reminded of that friendship because mm-hmm. it's one of the best friendships as far as I feel like it's one of the best written friendships that the show's done as far as crossing over between the shows yeah because yeah. it really has sort of like a sense of history to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um the the actors are just so good at that they mm-hmm. have such a like Absolutely. a natural sort of friendly chemistry that's just really nice mm-hmm. um and so seeing them sort of work together for this family um, that mm-hmm. lost their house was just really nice and um, I and I just yeah. really also enjoyed like the little moments where Kelly kept kind of going back to the house and like he even talked about like when he first saved the kid from his old bedroom of like you go out back on through like down the pole or <laughs> the whatever. drain pipe the, dra- the, the drain, drain pipe, pipe. <laughs> and it was just like oh that, that's the Kelly I, I know and love and being <laughs> so <laughs> for sure no, I loved his connection with the teenager. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, that was, again, it, I think it really shows how Kelly's grown mm-hmm. as like a, a person, you know, because you're seeing him think about who he was and mm-hmm. and how the people in your life can really change your life for the better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just have to lean into those people, mm-hmm. which I think is something Kelly struggles with, obviously. I mean, we saw with Stella earlier this season that oh, yeah. he he has trouble leaning into people when he needs them. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's, it's something stressful and emotional, he has a, a problem with that. And mm-hmm. so I think that was nice, a reminder for him to be like, you know what? No, I, I do need to lean on people more. Mm-hmm. I, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I liked that that happened through that connection with this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it also kind of gave us a, a little tease of like what, who, what Severide's going to be like as a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really mm-hmm. liked, and I think if that happens or whenever that happens, mm-hmm. um, I think we're all in for a treat because it's mm-hmm. going to be no. so it made me excited. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just so you know, I, I'm ready for it already. Let's just <laughs> let's get Stellaride married, and then you know, we'll have him have some babies. And <laughs> please, pretty please, I, I want to see Severide as a dad. Please, can we mm-hmm. make that happen? Let's yeah. make that happen. <laughs> yeah, what everybody but, wants. I mean, I know all around that plot was really great. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I loved how it really reminded us of, like, where Kelly started and where he is now. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yeah. It was really nice. And then then the cruise plot. Yep. No, which was honestly a lot of fun. And obviously with most of the episodes, there's a lot of tension and anxiety through the incidents that happen. So you always get some kind of little bit of comedic relief Mm -hmm. and that's where Cruz kind of came in this episode because <laughs> as as we all remember the Slamigan has been yep. doing well but you yep. know Joe wants to be a good businessman and he wants to expand his opportunity and from what I'm assuming it was him not knowing what products to do next he kind of reached out to the firehouse 
and was wanting to basically do his own kind of shark tank. <laughs> Which I loved when Stella told Herman about that, you know, they're on the video chat. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, Cruz is doing some sort of shark tank thing. He's like, wait, you got to get me in there. I know. <laughs> Herman. Because, <laughs> you know, they always make a joke about how he loves, like, Mark Cuban and, like, shark tank. I know. I know. It's just really funny. I know. That was a great. That was a great little moment. Um, it was. It was. But no, yeah. The and the ideas that everybody had were really funny. Like I know. Um, hose hands. I, hose hands. But what's still my favorite was kickaxe. Yeah. I still that, that was a wonderful name. Wonderful. Well, I like that they the the name and then the way they introduced it. And then Cruz was like, "Please tell me it's not just pickaxes on your <laughs> feet." And they're like, "Uh, you know what? We're we're gonna noodle this around a bit more." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mouch is like a uh, luminescent like suit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can tell you really gave this some thought, man, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was great. But then I love I loved the moment in the locker room with that uh-huh. part where Stella's just like had it with like you know, everything being made for men. And I totally well, yeah, and even that. where Sylvie was having to order some <laughs> yep. new pants or something cuz it mm-hmm. didn't fit her right or whatever reason. Yeah, and uh, like, because I, okay, I used to work at Disney World, and they have a costuming department, and if it wasn't a dress, it was made for a man. (laughs) So that was like, that was really frustrating for me, because I am, I am a woman with hips. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I totally understand this whole, like, uniform costuming issue. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I could have gotten a skirt or a dress, but who wants to wear a skirt or a dress in like 90 degree heat in Orlando, Florida? Nobody, nobody does. So, so like, it was just, you know, the shorts were better, even though they were made for men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was just so, I, I mean, I totally understand that and that frustration. And I love that Cruz is sitting there while she's saying this. And he's like, huh, mm-hmm. interesting. And he's just like, light bulb moment, you know. But I didn't mm-hmm. really like the sketches. <laughs> I wanted to slap Cruz upside the head of, like, like he tried to go with it on his own. And he failed horribly. I, my thought is, did you show those to Chloe? Because Chloe could have told you that wasn't going to oh, work. No, man. he did not show it to Chloe. He did not show that to Chloe <laughs> at all. To, that should be a rule of their marriage. He should show everything yes. to Chloe first. Yes. Run it past Chloe. If she doesn't <laughs> want to slap you upside the head, then go with the idea. Exactly. Exactly. Let's let's make that a rule now. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> those were like pinups, like 1940s pinups. Yeah, like, it was. What no. were you thinking? No. <laughs> no, but I was hoping with you know uh, Stella and Mackie, right? Yeah, like yeah, saying let's let let us rework it for a price of the pro- the part of the profits. I'm like, I'm hoping Sylvie maybe gets a little bit <clears throat> of that too, because Sylvie was the one talking about it with Stella. So yeah. I'm ho- oh, I'm, I'm sure. Hoping, hoping I'm maybe. sure Stella, Stella will pull in all the women. She'll be I like, so. listen, we got to do this because yeah. Cruz is going to mess it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I did, yeah, I did love that plot. That was a really mm-hmm. nice, funny, you know, icebreaker mm-hmm. sort of plot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing, this is a small thing, but I love when the paramedics are in turnouts. <laughs> Can that I know. happen more often? I, I know. Mean, we barely saw them in turnouts, but I'm like, it's such a good look. Like, they it just is. look badass and amazing. 
let's just have that happen more often. <laughs> and I mean, it's yeah, so it is special when we get to see them in it, but it's at the same time, like, please just give it to us more. We all want it. We want to enjoy right. it. Please. It's also nerve wracking, though, because I feel like usually when we see them in their turnouts, it's like some big crisis. Except yeah. it wasn't this time. Why were they in their turnouts? That's what I keep trying I to figure don't... out. No, because I mean, it was just like a house fire, so I don't know. Yeah, they didn't go inside it. There was no. nothing like exploding off the house. No. So I don't know why they were in their turnouts, but I'm happy that they were. <laughs> I'm not going to complain Agreed. about it. <laughs> but it did, like, there were pictures that were released of them filming in their turnouts, and everybody was immediately like, oh no, what happens? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why are they in their turnouts? Like, everybody assumed, including myself, that it was going to be like, you know, they have to go into the house or, or, you know, there's some sort of situation where they're stuck. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, they were just there in their turnouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was kind of anticlimactic, but I loved it anyway. Yeah, still enjoyed it. Still yeah. enjoyed it nonetheless. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was a good episode. And, and I I do sort of feel like the, the moral of the whole episode is Severide's line where it's like, you got to lean on the people you love. Because oh, such a good line. Such that's a good not, line. Casey's not doing that. And Correct. he's he's having problems because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's not mm-hmm. doing that. Um, and Severide is learning to do that. So I feel like that is sort of like the thread here. And I, I do feel like that's going to carry over into the next episodes. Um, oh, yeah. For sure. You know, like we're going to talk about that. But I feel like that's important. And I feel like that's a lesson that both Casey and Severide are having to learn this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so just another, another wonderful enemy. I know we don't play favorite slogan, but we do love our Chicago fire. We do love Chicago we fire. Do. I do. feel like it's one of the, the most well-balanced of the one Chicago shows. I agree. You know what I mean? I you agree. get a little bit of everybody. So even if you don't like this plot or you don't like this ship, there's something on there for you to enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the comedy plot or whether it's mm-hmm. the other ship. You know, whatever it is, there's always something mm-hmm. there for you to enjoy. Whereas mm-hmm. with PD, sometimes I feel like if you don't really ship this certain couple, then you're just kind of, uh, you know, it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. eh, Agreed. it's just procedural after that. Um, and then med, sometimes I feel like the <laughs> the couple drama just gets, it sort of takes yeah. over everything else. Yeah. Whereas Chicago Fire really tries to like do, they'll have like, you know, they've got, of course, they've, right now they've got two big ships. But then they mm-hmm. always try and throw in another plot that has to do with the whole ensemble, which mm-hmm. is just a great way to write it. And I feel mm-hmm. like Med doesn't do that all the time consistently. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then PD never does that. PD is mm-hmm. like a totally different writing wise than mm-hmm. either of the other one Chicago shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I do, honestly, I feel like Chicago Fire is probably the best balanced mm-hmm. of I the agree. shows. I agree. You know, yeah. Sometimes I have some issues with the plot decisions they make, but. They yeah. do try and balance yeah. the tone of the oh, show. Yeah. I which agree. I enjoy. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, and now I get to talk about Chicago PD. And just since I tend to be the Chicago PD head um, this side of Ladies Night at Molly's, um, I probably won't <laughs> go into a fair amount of it, but that's perfectly okay. Because I, once again, I will forever reiterate Chicago PD is what brought me into the franchise. So I'm always happy to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> So, once again, and I know I say this every single time, but I always like to reiterate it, but with Chicago PD, it tends to, especially this season, seriously focus on a lot of just procedural parts of it, which that's never a bad thing, but it doesn't necessarily leave 
a lot to the imagination for wanting to talk about it on a podcast. So it's, <laughs> we're going to talk true. about the high level details, but it's we're not going to necessarily go into massive character analyses when it's pretty pretty high level stuff that it's just a lot of I hate to say shooting back and forth or running or looking at a computer when it's that's, that's not something you want to hear us just ramble on for hours on end. <laughs> I mean, you know, we could analyze, like, every computer that they use and be like, oh, man, that's a nice computer. We could. <laughs> I don't think that would be enjoyable. But no, no, no. <laughs> no, but um, just kind of jumping into the episode, I, this, it definitely had a different feel to this episode, but I really the, kind of liked it. Yeah, the um, opening was sweet. That yeah. scene with, like, the, I mean, did you watch the, the behind-the-scenes video of, like, how they did it? I did, and I have some very... I want to mention something, but you go. You say what you were going to say first. Oh no, I was just going to say like that had to be rehearsed, like because uh-huh. uh-huh. that behind the scenes video was like a dance because it was it just was like insane. coordinated and like people coming out of like secret doors and hiding behind the camera so that they're not in the shot, ducking below the camera so they're not in the shot. Like that and was then, like, and then Patty laying across a chair with Jesse yeah. <laughs> holding him down so like the camera definitely wouldn't see him. Right, it was it like was... teamwork. It was so good, and what I did as soon as I watched that scene, I was like, "I why do I remember this?" And then I saw the camera work behind the scenes. And what I did want to mention is, I don't know if any once again, this is Chicago podcast, but I have also been a big fan of Sense8. I don't know if you had ever heard of it, Logan. I've heard Netflix. of it. I've never watched it, but I've heard and of it. This gave me such a flashback because they did a lot of their camera work like this, where it would be very all in one take with multiple people, and it was always the coolest freaking thing on the planet so to get to see the chicago pd cast do it it was just like i was just in awe seeing it because when you're watching it on tv like it seemed like very seamless but you weren't sure until you know when the wolf entertainment account tweeted out like this was actually done in one take it wasn't that it was cut together right and it could have been cut together very easily Mm -hmm. they could have done it that way but um you know that it makes it more impressive to watch that behind the scenes video because you're like Mm -hmm. how because, I mean, mm-hmm. they probably had to rehearse that several times before they shot mm-hmm. it just to make sure. Mm-hmm. And that, like, to me is, is, in, is intense. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's, and that's just because they wanted it to look a certain way. They didn't yeah. have to do it that way. Exactly. They chose to do it that way because mm-hmm. they wanted, um, they wanted a certain look. And they, the best way to do it, the quickest way to do it is just to do it all in one take. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's impressive to me. I mean, mm-hmm. the amount it of was. teamwork that takes between the cameramen and the actors and you know it's just that mm-hmm. was impressive it was yeah. and I now it just makes me want to go back and watch that how like <laughs> behind the scenes of it again because it was so cool and for I real was, like if if you're listening and you haven't watched that go mm-hmm. look it up go to the dick wolf um i'm not dick wolf the wolf entertainment uh twitter and um look through their tweets you should be able to find it pretty easily or even look through our feed because i think we retweeted it i feel like we yeah did. maybe we did but i mean it was it was really cool to see because i hate a lot of like I hate to say what the one Chicago tweets go viral for isn't is rarely Chicago PD, and I think this actually got them trending a few times because people might have were that. just kind of in awe for them <clears> doing <throat> it. Which I mean, I just they deserve that kind of praise because like that's you don't have for to do sure it. no you have to do it, and they did it, and it was yes. it was kick ass and it was awesome, and I still love it, and I'm gonna go watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was really impressive to just like mm-hmm. watch the the coordination mm-hmm. that that took to to get it to look that way was really cool Mm -hmm. i agree um and pretty much what we get into with um 
this entire F is obviously as they're leading in with the therapist and kind of asking some very difficult questions, I would say, about like, you know, race and whether you've kind of said some racial slurs or your family has said racial slurs. You you get some tension very early on in the episode and it doesn't stop there. It does not stop there. Um, because really the whole plot of this episode was finding out that of not like a well-known police officer, because obviously there's so many police officers in Chicago, but that this seasoned police officer had ended up killing an innocent black man at a like a uh, stop, just a traffic stop, and it was that was going to be Adam and uh, Kevin's job to go and bring him in to mm-hmm. get like arraigned, which it mm-hmm. was just from that pretty much the moment of Kevin being told he was going to have to bring him in, it, it you could just feel the tension in the air. Yeah, and uh, for something, and here's the thing with Chicago PD, you always know that the thing that sounds like the simplest thing in the world is going to be the most complicated thing in the mm-hmm. whole episode, because if they've if they've made a big deal out of it, mm-hmm. you know, like if they're like, okay, well, you're just going to go and you're going to do this and you're going to go here and you're going to do this, then you know, mm-hmm. at some point from point A to point B, something's mm-hmm. going to go wrong. So, like, oh, there's yeah. also that tension that immediately happened when Boyd's like, yeah, you're just going to do this. It's simple. <laughs> you're like, no, uh, no. Is anything ever simple mm-hmm. on this show? So, you know, it had that tension, too, because you're like, how is this going to go wrong? Because you knew mm-hmm. it was going to go wrong. You just didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, the other thing that they made sure to mention, too, about the cop, that there was, like, a, a video of it. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, have you seen the video? Like, they made a point to say, like, this is all on video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like you had no doubt whether or not this guy was guilty I mean it was mm-hmm. obvious um, you know which and they mentioned also that he was like he's a decorated cop you know, mm-hmm. like he, you know mm-hmm. and so like oof, it's just like immediately real world reflection oh yeah of, of just terrible tragic numerous instances that we know of mm-hmm. so you know, you've got that tension, and then we know that Kevin's already have been having to deal with this stuff, mm-hmm. and then he feels like he's the only one dealing with it, which you and I talked about a little bit, where we feel mm-hmm. like the writing kind of needs to branch out from that, because as much as we love Kevin, and LaRoyce has been given a lot of good, mm-hmm. good material to sink his teeth into this season, that story shouldn't be all on LaRoyce's shoulders. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like the writers kind of need to spread that out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um onto other characters which they did a little in this episode which was nice Mm -hmm. you know we'll get into that as we go on but they need to do more of it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean you could you could feel the tension as soon as like the premise is established you know Mm -hmm. like oh okay this is gonna be challenging Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was and that was just the start that was like the first 10 minutes or something (laughs) that's crazy yeah, and then it just, it kind of, like you said, it kind of, I hate to say spirals, but it spirals out of hand fairly quickly because, mm-hmm. you know, Adam and Kevin arrest the, the officer and then it, very quickly they get to then the safe house and then the safe house kind of gets shot up a little bit and then they're having a little bit grid, <laughs> and I'm trying to keep it light here. <laughs> <laughs> the, safe, the safe house got shut up a lot. Yeah, a lot. 
Um, so then it's, you know, Adam and Kevin doing what they need to do. They go off book, which it was always kind of fun seeing them kind of go work quickly and kind of figuring out what they need to do. Um, but then it's kind of really once they get to their off book site, it's where a lot of the not too fun kind of conversations happen, whether that be, you know, Kevin with the officer and showing him the video of kind of what was going on. And mm. then just even, I hate to say the officer really grinding the, the, my gears the of, scene where where the officer was like relentlessly defending himself like mm-hmm. you know just completely um completely convinced that he did the right thing you mm-hmm. uh, that was tough for me to watch because i'm like how can a person do what he did mm-hmm. and not understand mm-hmm. that they had no cause to do what they did mm-hmm. like I, when there's video of it Mm-hmm. And that was just really difficult for me personally because it's like I I don't understand feeling like you're that infallible. Oh, I, I know. I don't. And then they show him the video, and mm-hmm. he's like, "What did you mess with this? Did you did you edit this?" And they're like, mm-hmm. "No, this is the video." Like, did you not at the time that it was happening? Mm-hmm. How could you mistake what happened for anything other than what's in the video? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. You know, it like it, yeah, you're right. It like boggled my mind, and I just thought it was so interesting to kind of play that perception of it within the case of this. Because I mean, in some other cases, like I hate to say, it, we've had like murders and even bad cops who hold on to their story the whole time and never say that they 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 felt bad or were wrong about what they did. In this case, it it eventually comes to realization that the guy, the officer, realizes he had this. Uh, I'm trying to think of what's the word. Um, oh, I can't even think of the word. Like, uh, like a, I I'm, I hate that I'm blinking. Uh, his perception had just been like tweaked to what he then to what it really was, and that he had just held on to this belief for the whole time until he had actually like watched it completely through. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. just, it was tough. It was really tough to see because you could see in the moment when he realized that this idea he had in his head and he had convinced himself to be true wasn't true Mm -hmm. and And, yeah i mean people can do that you can repeat mm -hmm. a lie so many times that you start to believe that's actually how it happened Mm -hmm. and if you never see an external you know video of it something Mm -hmm. that's outside of yourself well yeah i mean i guess you could genuinely believe that things went down the way they went down Mm -hmm. you know in your head not Mm -hmm. that not the reality of the situation and that seems like what happened to him you know he told the story so many times that oh absolutely convinced that it was absolutely Mm -hmm. a justified shoot and you're like Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. not at all Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean it's just one of those things where it's difficult to understand Mm-hmm. how someone could convince themselves so deeply of that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so that was interesting just all the conversations that were happening Absolutely. around that were were very difficult to hear but necessary it's one Absolutely. of those things where like it's it's tv that challenges you in a way that you're mm-hmm. meant to be challenged of which, um, I mean, I'm I'm really grateful that, I mean, I'm always going to enjoy just, you know, our character plot, but I do appreciate how Chicago PD has not shied away from it because it's important conversations that we need to continue to have, and they, they don't kind of just paint it to be this perfect bubble. Right, right. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think it is interesting to me that they they don't just show you one side, mm-hmm. even though you know. I mean, you can watch the show and know. Okay, this side is the side that's that's right. Mm-hmm. But they don't just stick with that side. They could do that. They could just mm-hmm. be like, Nah, this is what this is what you need to know. This is how you mm-hmm. need to feel. This is it. But they always throw in that sort of devil's advocate, contradicting mm-hmm. viewpoint, mm-hmm. Um, which I think to me allows the show t- to be sort of more realistic and a little grittier than the other Chicago shows mm-hmm. because they deal with the things that are tricky, the things that that make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, as much as I. <laughs> don't want to be uncomfortable i know that mm-hmm. that's necessary television mm-hmm. and this was one of those episodes that felt very necessary mm-hmm. because you have kevin Absolutely. bringing up a lot of things about him feeling and he's sort of mentioned this before but about him feeling alone because he feels like he's the only person angry about it and you're mm-hmm. like you know i understand that point i'm not him but mm-hmm. i can see how he would feel like he's the only person that it's up to him to be angry about it mm-hmm. because that's how we were just saying it feels like that's sort of how they're writing the show is that it's all on Kevin and mm-hmm. it it is not all on Kevin oh absolutely not um so and I, I like the fact that that finally we hear you know from Adam how he feels about the whole thing because he's sort of been in a supportive role to Kevin this whole time where it's been Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm here for you for whatever you need. I've got your back. I've got this unit's back. This unit is the family. You're Mm -hmm. a part of the unit. It wasn't so much about the real struggle of it at the, Mm -hmm. up until this point, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was about the unit, which, um, you know, I think even Patty said that in interviews where he's like, Ruzik sees his unit as his family and he will do anything Mm -hmm. for the unit. Um, but this is about more than just the unit, mm-hmm. um, and it needed to be established that he's aware that this is not just about Kevin. Mm-hmm. This is a larger issue, and so those were like very tricky conversations to hear, and it was, you know, watching them struggle with that was, it was, one of the it's like to call it uh, edutainment, mm-hmm. educational entertainment, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's not the same as like people in official positions having the same oh, yeah. discussion, but it's a start. It gets the conversation going exactly, and that's um, it's sometimes you need that. It's 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 not sometimes knowing how to start that conversation on your own. So to see it played out, it can kind of help maybe help you get that kind of conversation mm-hmm. moving. And I think it also helps illustrates the contradicting points of view because Mm -hmm. and you know know there's a lot of discourse online now about how people can't disagree or there's Mm -hmm. certain issues that there's there's just one right side of and that's true there are certain issues that if you're not on this one particular side (laughs) Mm -hmm. well I don't really want to know you Um, but at the same time America was built on guys who didn't agree mm-hmm. <laughs> on anything i mean the like the our declaration of independence every single official document we've ever had has started with a group of men arguing mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's just gonna be how we are because that's what we were built on so mm-hmm. I, every generation is gonna have different things that they they argue about and everybody's mm-hmm. gonna have a different opinion on it 
Um, and we need media that represents that, even if we don't like the other opinion, because absolutely that's going to illustrate for us what these opinions mean. And for mm-hmm. the person who has that opinion we shouldn't agree with, that may be very important. Um, I don't know if any of that made sense, but it's it's well, just it sort did. of like it did. If you're if you're of the contradicting opinion, maybe seeing some of this play out on screen will help you understand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's going on in the world. Um, no, I, agree. I agree. So, uh, you know, I so I I did enjoy the episode. It was a very serious episode, very dramatic episode. Mm-hmm. It was one of those episodes that I know because I have friends that have access to screeners, and PD was the only episode, the only Chicago show that had a screener that week, mm-hmm. and the reason was because of how serious the episode was mm-hmm. um i mean that tells you even even nbc was like oh this is we're getting into the real stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah mm-hmm. and i, I mean the the episode culminated in where you know i i was it's not like it was like a happy ending it was not a happy ending but mm-hmm. it's that the officer once he had kind of come to realize that what he did was wrong he realized that he did something he had sworn an oath to never do he um unfortunately i would definitely say unfortunately he ended up sacrificing himself in an effort to get you know the shooting to stop when another um just member of the community had been wanting to come after him obviously the whole episode for what he had done and Mm -hmm. he had sacrificed himself in the long run which it's kind of still one of those did he do it for him like who is he doing that for in the long run or could he did he do it because he couldn't live with himself I don't really know but I think I was still a little surprised at that but at the same time a lot of people were on Twitter were like no it kind of feels like it made sense that this was the only way it was gonna end yeah and and the thing is I mean I don't think we're really meant to know Mm -hmm. why why or Mm -hmm. what he felt I think it's it is meant, and I, I agree with that. I think it's it's the only way it could have ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's really what we're meant to recognize is that it, <laughs> in that situation, there was no way out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think PD does always, always does at least one episode like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where it's like there was there was no way to avoid the tragic thing that occurred. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's the case in real life. There's tragic things happen and no matter what you do to try to avoid it mm-hmm. sometimes you just can't you can't stop yeah. it um, and I think that was one of those times but um, yeah I, I mean uh, it was I, the part that I really remember is the conversation that they that Voight has with Ruzik and Atwater at the end where they're talking about the results of the test from the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And uh, basically, Kevin and Adam have the opposite problems, where it's like they they may be a threat to the to like the police department for opposite reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one mm-hmm. questions them too much, and one is uh, too supportive. Put too of much it faith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's just really funny. And then Voight starts saying these results out loud, mm-hmm. just like he's memorized them. And they're mm-hmm. like, what were those year results? And he's like, nope. And then he reveals that they're the cop that they arrested mm-hmm. results. So that I feel like that's an interesting conversation because he had the best evaluation. Mm-hmm. And so the point of it is the evaluation doesn't define the kind of cop you're going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you define the kind of cop you're going to mm-hmm. be. Um, 
And I just, I loved that moment. I, I'm not really a fan of Voight. I think we've talked about that. Oh, same but, here. Same here. But that moment was a really, was a really great moment. Um, and I like that they used Voight for that because it just doesn't seem like <laughs> a conversation mm-hmm. that, that Voight would have. Um, and so it, actually it's been very interesting for me this season that they're, that Voight seems to be adjusting to this better than I, this whole uh-huh. perform thing better than mm-hmm. I thought he would. Um, so I, that's interesting to me. Um, but at, yeah, that whole conversation at the end really stuck with me. Um, mm-hmm. just because if you were to just look at the results, the problematic cops are the, the, the two guys that knew what the issue was the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really interesting sort of thing that, that the writers put in there, a little twist right at the end. Um, which I enjoyed immensely. <laughs> I thought it was clever, you know, because I oh, feel yeah. like that's how it is in real oh, yeah. life. You know, the people with the best personality test results, if you, even if you're just talking about just a general personality mm-hmm. test, are not often, you know, are quite possibly not necessarily the best person for whatever it is you're testing for. It doesn't matter what it is or, you know, what career it's for or mm-hmm. the test isn't what's going to tell you who to be. Absolutely. And I thought that was an important sort of message to throw in there at the end. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, so that ends us on our first week back, which was 310, uh, well, March 10th of um, our Chicago, <laughs> one Chicago Wednesday. I thought, um, you, were, I thought you for a moment were saying season three, episode 10. And I was no, like, sorry, whoa. It, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. I know it's technically 310, but it sounds also like season three, episode 10. And that's not right, because we were only on episode eight. So, no, that was, did not sound right well, at all. Well, like season three, too. I was like, did we just, like, travel back in time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, sorry, everybody, for that confusion. I meant no, that it was, was really our funny. first week back on March 10th for our One Chicago Wednesday. <laughs> yep. That was the episode that aired on March 10th. Yep. And so now Logan and I are going to move on to March 17th, One Chicago Wednesday, which talks about uh, the episode nine of uh, Chicago Mitch, Chicago Fire, and Chicago PD. <laughs> which turned out to be a really difficult day. <laughs> yes, it in fact does. <laughs> and now we're talking about Chicago Med, season six, episode nine. Yay. Woo. So... I live tweeted for this episode, and the very mm-hmm. first thing that I tweeted, I'm just, I'm reading it, because I thought, I didn't, I forgot that I tweeted this, was, listen, Archer, I'm not here for any shenanigans tonight, uh-huh. which, is, which is, in general, my attitude about Dr. Archer now. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> which is also, the first thing I wrote in my notes is, because I saw your tweets, were Archer shenanigans, because that's our, pretty much what he does for a fair amount of the episode. <laughs> for this episode, it's like entirely shenanigans. And mm-hmm. I love that I started the live tweet with that, and that's uh-huh. what it ended up being, was mm-hmm. entirely Archer shenanigans. Mm-hmm. It's fair. <laughs> it's completely fair. <laughs> like, oh, he's so frustrating. <laughs> he is. Like the definition of a fragile male. That's all oh, I have to say absolutely. about that. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, and then that was also, like, it started with Maggie packing up Augie's things. And I was like, oh. that is not the image I want right now. No, it hurt. It, it so hurt real bad. good. I didn't like it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they say that they're going to go visit him this summer or something. And I'm like, but that's not the same. It's not the same. I'm sorry. Like, you can, I, I don't, I still hurts me how Augie can go from calling Maggie and Ben mom and dad to be, okay, peace out. See you later. I know. I mean, I get that he's a kid and his brother's in California, but like, really? Yeah. They were mom and dad for like a week. Yeah. Oh, so sad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyway, we see the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and then that's when yeah we see uh Nat and Crockett mm-hmm. like being cute and flirty mm-hmm. in the ED lobby. Like <laughs> warms my mm-hmm. heart. It's, it's the happiness that I need <laughs> every mm-hmm. Wednesday. Um, and of course, who sees them? Dr. Archer, which Boo. that's probably the first little part we can talk about, and then we can kind of kind of touch base on some of the other stuff. But yeah, Archer, as you had mentioned, Archer shenanigans this episode, and it kind of, unfortunately, very much intertwined with um, Crockett and Natalie a bit, just because... Yeah, well, he, like, Archer had his hand, I feel like, in, in about 75% of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, because he was he was involved in Ethan's plot and he was involved with Nat and Crockett's plot and just mm-hmm. like, dude, I need you mm-hmm. to like, you just got here. Can you like mm-hmm. sit down? <laughs> like, I I'm done with him already, and it's mm-hmm. only his second episode. Like, get get out of here. Just get out of here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he sees them in the lobby, which that comes back later because. Uh, he ends up with uh, Nat's friend as his patient. Mm-hmm. And um, Natalie tries to, I guess, help him, really. Like, she sees, he's doing, like, a sonogram, I think, right? And she sees it. Yeah. And they walk away from the room after he's, I can't even remember what he said to do, but uh, he did something else. And then like, she was min- like, it was just very bare minimum stuff for like the gallbladder. Yeah. And it was just like, <clears throat> right. Eh. And she was like, um, but okay, but her gallbladder is inflamed. And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like insistent that what he was doing was the best. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, but if her gallbladder is inflamed, isn't that like bad? Like I'm thinking yeah. to myself, shouldn't you maybe care about that? <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, I hate to say, like, if somebody's coming into the ER, they're not feeling great, so maybe try and really solve it and kind of just be like, eh, I, let's not go too invasive here. I'm like, but if well, she's, it's, like, it's, yeah. No, I mean, it's funny, because that's, like, the opposite of Ethan, who is like, we're going to do every test humanly yeah. possible right now. Yeah. You know, like, that's how he always starts, is like, yeah. well, let's do this test and this yeah. test and this test and this test, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's a lot of tests. Mm-hmm. But it's just because he wants to mark out every possibility yep when dr archer is very much the opposite he's like yeah we're gonna do the bare minimum we'll start there and if it gets Mm -hmm. worse we'll do more and you're like that that seems that seems sort of defensive as opposed to offensive yeah (laughs) Yeah. i don't know that i like that very much but so natalie makes the suggestion you know um and he doesn't really like that very much no Um, he does not he does so he basically ignores her suggestion and of course, Natalie being Natalie <laughs> is not going to just let that go. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes to Crockett to get Crockett's opinion because it's her friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if it were just like a normal patient, she might have just been like, all right, well, it's not my patient. But this yeah. is her friend. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so she goes to Crockett and then gets Crockett to consult. Mm-hmm. Um, and Crockett, they help, you know, they decide on surgery together with the patient. Crockett helps the patient decide on surgery. Mm-hmm. And then they take care of it that way. Well, of course, that offends Dr. Archer because he was not a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it was his patient, so he should have been the one to request the consult. Um, and so he kind of puts together and, and to their faces <laughs> that they did they teamed up on him because they're dating and they can they can do that because, you know, yeah. they're they're dating and that's what they do. And Natalie's like, what? And Crockett's just kind of like, that's not what this is. So deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and walks away, which I very much love that Crockett's like, I don't have time for you your or your wild accusations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got work to do. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yes, Crockett, you do have work to do. But also, it's going to affect Natalie more than you. So maybe you should be a little concerned. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> because the man almost never receives any sort of repercussions for things like mm-hmm. that. It's always the woman that's turned into the Always. Bed. Always. Always. Yeah, so it's going to affect Natalie a little more than him. So I totally get why she was hesitant in this episode, because that's what this turns into. Because Dr. Archer and his fragile little male ego goes to Ethan and rats them out. I'm like, this is, this is revenge for her stepping on your toes, even though... He had just stepped on Ethan's toes. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you can't have a double standard for that. If you can do it, yeah. Natalie can do it. Yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. He just didn't like it. Because she's a woman, and she's a doctor, and she's smart. Yeah. Um, yep. Anyway, so now Ethan has to do something about this. Because if he doesn't, Archer's probably going to... He doesn't say this, but I would assume he would take it above Ethan's head. Because he's a rat. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so... Ethan tells Natalie that if they're if her and Crockett are dating, they need to go to HR. Let HR know. And Natalie's like, are you serious? <laughs> Literally no one else has ever had to do this. Which is especially rich coming from Ethan. <laughs> I know. And also, when I heard that, I also wondered, did Will and Natalie ever have to do that? I don't think so. I don't think anybody's done that. Except for Nat and Crockett. <laughs> which seems insane for how much dating there is that goes on in right. the ER. I mean, maybe Ethan and April did and it was just off screen because they were engaged and maybe yeah. Nat and Will did because they were also yeah. engaged. But yeah. they've never talked about it. Mm-hmm. So, it's just like, I really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was Ethan. <laughs> like, we did in like a love triangle every season or whatever. Oh. <laughs> was hysterical. Um, anyways, so then she talks to Crockett about it and they have to decide that. And I said from the beginning when all of this started that Crockett was going to be the one ready to commit and Natalie was going to be the one dragging her feet. Uh-huh. And I was right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because when they talk about it, Crockett's like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. And Natalie's like, um. But it's like, um, everybody's going to talk about us and I don't want that. Right. And I totally get that because as a woman, oh, we yeah. all know, we all mm-hmm. know. That mm-hmm. if anybody's going to talk about anybody, it's going to be us, not the mm-hmm. man. So I get the hesitation there. Mm-hmm. And I also get why Crockett may have not liked the hesitation. Um, because, you know, it's not necessarily a good sign when you're like, yeah, let's be in a relationship. And the other person's oh, yeah. like, um. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I get that. But mm-hmm. it, was a, it was actually a really nice push that they, oh, they yeah. needed it they needed it because they never would have brought it up otherwise I don't think you know no, they would have been happy to just keep going 
as they were without putting any sort of name or label on anything, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I think we can all tell from this episode that Crockett really wanted to have a label on it. Oh, he was never so going to bring up. Yeah, he was never going to bring it up. Um, so it did sort of push them to have that conversation. I was so proud of Natalie at the end. Um, oh my God, that ending for them. Yes. Oh. When she has the form and she's like, you know what, let's just be honest. This is what happened. And mm-hmm. she's just totally open about her fears and what she was feeling. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love them so much because they're just being so like, they're letting each other in. Exactly. And it's just really nice, especially considering on fire, my ship is not letting each other in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just so nice to see. And I'm like, please, yes. Thank you. Finally, mm-hmm. an adult relationship that's actually communicating. It's wonderful. <laughs> I just, oh, and like I, I keep saying it each episode, but it's just like they're making me love them even more. I and like I, I never thought that would be possible. I never did. But it's just they like they keep checking off another box. I'm like, oh, I, I love that. They're oh, so great. I love that. <laughs> and then like the where he has her turn around so he can sign the form on her back. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Y'all are cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I really, I really did enjoy that plot. I thought that was great, mm-hmm. and I just love like the growth that it showed for oh, both exactly. of them by the end. And um, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed. It, it was nice. It was happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there was a little angst there in the middle, but they got over it pretty quickly. Absolutely. But very easily, the show could have drugged that out <laughs> another episode, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't. Um, so it was just so, like I hated Dr. Archer for even pushing it because it's very sexist but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever it all turned out well in the end <laughs> yeah no not mad about it not mad about it and I mean nope. still, granted we don't spec- we don't talk about speculation too much on here but what I'm still hoping for is I'm gonna need like a Marcel and Owen kind of moment for something oh yes we need that I'm next. just gonna I'm, I'm just putting it out into the universe because I want it because I want to see how they interact because obviously he's had kids like he had a daughter so I I need to see it I need to see it I'm with you I need to see I need to see Crockett and Owen together Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be like a really big moment for that relationship Mm -hmm. you know for her to introduce him to the kid Mm -hmm. um so I'm I'm ready for it I'm ready for it let's let's make it happen me too make it happen right now um Mm -hmm. but I did that was it was a really good episode for them it was just like it wasn't too complicated. They didn't make it too dramatic. You know, it mm-hmm. was like just the right amount of drama and just the right amount of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a really great plot um, for them. Mm-hmm. But I do, I still love this Marcel's attitude with Archer when Archer's like, because the two of you are dating. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you can go enjoy your nonsense on your own time. It's not going to waste my time. Right. I gotta go perform surgery, dude. Get out of my face. (laughs) I just, I love Crockett more and more every episode. And that's, I know. I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Which it's, that still perplexes me to no end that I never thought I would be that person who was like, give me more Marcel. Give me more Marcel. Yeah. Right. I know. Um, See, and that's, I just think it's so funny that like his first season that he was on, everybody was like, no, we don't want him. No, give us back Connor. Bring him back. <laughs> right. And now all the tweets that I see are like, protect him at all costs. 
like, well, he's won us over, I see. <laughs> well, no, that's what good character plot development does. I know, it's so great. Mm-hmm. They've done really great things with him this season, and Dominic Reigns is, like, a really just phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just gets better and better every week, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm so happy with that right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was Natalie, Archer, and uh, Crockett's plot. Archer mm-hmm. plays into another plot, which is the plot with Ethan mm-hmm. um, in their case. And Archer being like a, a jerk, which this is what cracks me up about Archer. So he didn't want to go to extremes with the gallbladder patient, but he immediately jumps to zebras. I know. <laughs> with Ethan's patient? Like, what? Why are we yeah. going immediately to zebras? Like, I'm with Ethan on that. Test for all the other stuff first. Let's eliminate that. Get that out of the way. You know? Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. you decide, oh, it's this weird and obscure thing. And I know, I understand that he was right in the end. Okay, fine. Whatever. But, like, that was just strange to me. That he was just, like, immediately to zebras. And like, dude, let's let's chill. Take a chill pill. Um, but, yeah, it. so that was a lot of, like, Ethan and Archer clashing. Mm-hmm. That plot. Which I think we're going to see a lot more of in which- the future. It just once again boils down to of Ethan, you should not have hired your mentor and it's gonna nope. come back and put you in the ass real hard. Yep. I think it already has. Oh without <laughs> because, a doubt. Without a doubt. Because he uh you know, he he talked to Nat like Archer wanted. Fine. You know, he he agreed with the medical decision, but he told Nat he's like, that doesn't excuse the way you went about it. And okay, mm-hmm. okay, fine, I can see that. That's fine, whatever. But then Archer, as like revenge or whatever, goes and like looks at everybody else's charts to offer opinions because, well, Natalie did it, so I guess I can do it. How old are you? Are you 12? <laughs> like, uh, no, we we don't have time. This is a professional workplace, even though it's soap opera as hell up in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really, dude, the, all the things that are happening here, I should not have to be annoyed with you. <laughs> There's, there's other things happening that should annoy me more than you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was basically mm-hmm. that. The point of that plot was to show them butting heads more, and Ethan sort of having to learn how to manage him mm-hmm. because he, I mean, he kind of learns by the end of this episode. But and Archer's gonna—I feel like this is gonna be Archer's pattern. He's gonna do something and then apologize for it and then do it again. Because mm-hmm. so far that's what we've seen. Because he and yeah. Ethan clashed his first appearance, and he apologized, like, you know, sorry, you're the boss. I need to. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not going to interfere. And what right. does he go and do? He interferes. This, the whole episode, all he does mm-hmm. is interfere. And of course, at the end, he apologizes for that too. But you know, he's going to do it again. Yeah, very hollow apologies at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't buy any of it. Neither do I. Neither so that I. was, <laughs> so that was that plot. The other plot, um, I don't, I don't even remember all the specifics of the medicine of it. Just that there was a zebra involved. Yeah, but um, it was just like there was like this weird condition with it being like your inner ear, like cartilage. Like it was just like the weirdest thing that only obviously a couple thousand. Like and it was also like lymph nodes. So it was just very weird and very detailed that 
everybody kind of just remembers what it was like based off the top of your head but like you said it's a very unique thing that it happens mm-hmm. so to few people yep and then uh was the other part oh was that the plot with like the the, the ramona lady the um yes i wanted to just touch base on maggie because Ma- oh we yes. obviously saw maggie throughout the whole episode oh. having still a bit of a struggle because obviously she was going and giving Augie's like leftover like blankets and like some of the stuff that obviously if she kept it around it was going to remind her of Augie and she can't I mean obviously keep some mementos but like certain stuff it was just going to hurt her more to keep it Mm -hmm. so she went and was giving it to like a clothing donation store and so just because obviously I don't blame her you're kind of hurting like that you're gonna give away what you don't need because obviously Maggie also knows somebody else could probably use it more than it would mean to her if she just kept it around her house exactly so Yep, and so we got to see Maggie then meet this, like, very sweet, but it sounds like struggling mother who was clearly having a baby very soon, and she wanted a blanket from the store, but she couldn't pay for it because it was going to be too expensive for her. And so Maggie, just being the sweet woman that she is, wanted to give her Augie's blanket and just wanted to help her any way she could. And then um, the mother ended up going into, like, I don't know if it was premature labor or what, but it was just she ended up going into labor and Maggie, being the amazing woman that she is, helped her get to Chicago Med and was just there for her through her having the baby. And then, obviously, the woman recognizing that her baby had, I think, was it cystic fibrosis? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. so. But it was just, like, it was just Maggie going, like, above and beyond for this random woman she just met. But this, you could see that the woman was struggling a lot because she thought she was doing everything right for her baby when she, in reality there was probably there was some obviously some complications but Maggie was just trying to tell her and just tell her but also show her she was trying to do the best that she could right yep mm-hmm. that was so sad though because a lot of it was because she didn't have insurance and things were things are so expensive that too. And that too. it was just like ugh, I felt so bad because like you know our healthcare system. Everybody knows our healthcare system is messed up. Oh yeah, you know, and so like the fact that because our healthcare system is messed up, it sort of intimidated mm-hmm. her from going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. It was just like uh, it especially hurts. heartbreaking like, it because it's not fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not that she doesn't love the baby or want to take care of the baby. It's that mm-hmm. it's expensive mm-hmm. to take care of a baby <laughs> from the very beginning. And not everybody can do that, you mm-hmm. know. It it's just it was heartbreaking in a tragic way because it's like absolutely not deserved. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think it was really... just it was too for Maggie because obviously when Maggie had her baby when she was like sixteen, it's she still saw this young woman. I think it was kind of reminding her of herself in some mm-hmm. parts of like definitely just trying to want to do what's right for your baby, whether that be giving the baby up or if keeping the baby and just knowing that you're going to try and do everything you can to help your baby from that point. And so it just, it definitely still just tugged on the heartstrings a bit with Maggie having to deal with that and still kind of pushing her even further to kind of try and find out about her daughter. Right. Yeah. And then we had the very interesting Ramona plot of the episode. Yes. Of which I want to nickname Ramona crazy eyes. Oh my I gosh! Have not seen somebody play. I hate to. I hate to say play crazy, but like somebody who plays obsessed that well. Oh man, she was like so creepy. Like uh-huh. the, the whole episode, you're like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. this is sort of disturbing, because mm-hmm. 
I, like at first I thought because she came in and she was like no I don't want to be here I have to go here and I was like oh what happened here what what mm-hmm. sort of pain did she experience at mid I know because I'm sorry that's out, the first that's the first thought that comes into both of our heads right who did something as well, med to her because there's so much malpractice happening at Chicago I know. Med <laughs> like I know <laughs> it would not at all be surprising <laughs> but, no, absolutely and then it turns out it's just because she's like obsessed with a doctor that's there because the doctor's like no I'm not treating her anymore and you're like oh that's, oh. that's sort of concerning mm-hmm. and then Dr. Charles in trying to treat her like finds out you know it, it was because her dad died recently mm-hmm. so he feels like she's hyper fixating on these older men because they remind her of her dad or something mm-hmm. you know and in the course of treating her oh she, she gets a little too interested in Dr. Charles yeah and who didn't see that coming like no i mean the minute it starts yeah. to turn toward obsession you're like oh yeah. dr charles please be careful yep 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 yep. oh no and it's oh, just no. it's just the moment she got onto the elevator with him i was just like oh god oh god okay, yeah please don't let her do anything bad and, and then yeah. oh <laughs> please don't let her have a toothbrush shiv anywhere on her person yeah pretty much. Like, pretty much pretty much and I mean, it was it was just definitely still creepy that by the end of it, she was like, I'll see you soon, Dr. Charles, or something yeah. along those lines. And it was just like, I, if, is it, I don't, was it just me, or do you feel like we're going to see Ramona again? Oh, she's going to come back, I think. Okay. I, I, okay. I think she's going to come back. Okay. For okay. sure. Not just me. Because it just. It, nope, not just it, you. Because it, I mean, some plots, like, they're, obviously with the medical show, it's sometimes the plots aren't always going to feel like a good ending, but they end, you know? But this just still feels like we're not done with Ramona yet. Nope. I don't think we are at all. Yeah. I think she's going to come back and I think oh. it's going to be, I think Dr. Charles is going to be in the same situation as that doctor, you know, that the yeah. doctor that was like, I can't treat her anymore. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, I, that's my theory. You know, I know we don't like totally engage in speculation, but yeah, eh, as of right now, just, that's kind of where I see this. But it's just like we said; it feels like it's there, there's going to be more to the plot than just oh, no, that last just, line for Ramona. Yeah, this felt like setup. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. This is this was set up for something else. Mm-hmm. So, huh. yeah, I'm a little so, worried, Dr. Yeah, Charles. So, that, that was not the most fun to that kind of episode, the most fun nope. end to that episode, because it's just, it's, you could sense, there, we're not done yet, we're not done yet. Mm-mm. Nope, Mm-mm. it's it's coming back, it's gonna, ooh, yeah. it's not over, oh, not over at which, all. Yeah, so, we shall see where that leads us, but overall, still very good Chicago Met episode, um, mm-hmm. so, and now we get to go into Chicago Fire Season 9, Episode oh, yes. 9. Woo! Even though I was not a big fan of this episode, okay. I know neither neither was I. But I mean, once again, <laughs> Chicago Fire still holds that special place in my heart. So I still want to show some excitement, even though well, it may not have been our favorite episode. I mean, it had things I liked about it. Yeah, but oh, yeah, I the problem for me was what it was intended to do, not necessarily yeah. the episode itself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So with this episode, the big plot was obviously Casey. Casey was like the main focus of almost Mm -hmm. every single part of this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also had a plot with Sylvie and (laughs) Diggins 
<laughs> oh my and then goodness. we had <laughs> then we had the new people at the training at Firehouse 33. Mm-hmm. Um, were those the only well, there and Mouch else? and Mouch, not just the new kids. Oh yeah, the new kids in Mouch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was there any other plot? Were those the only ones? I feel like um, those were the only ones. No, I think that was pretty much it. I mean, the one uh, one other thing, it doesn't deserve like a whole lot of talk about it. But still, I'm just still happy to see Happy Stella right at the beginning. I know. Oh, it was so great. It's just those weeks where they were not happy were so painful. So I just still feel like they deserve a little bit of shout out each time. So yeah, and it was it was Stella and the new furniture. Stella and Everett and the new furniture. That was the other plot that I was forgetting. Yep, that's right. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> which I enjoyed that plot thoroughly. Oh, very um, much. Very much. <laughs> so let's start with the, the other stuff, not the Casey stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, since we were just talking about Stella, right, let's talk about that. So we mm-hmm. start the episode with them coming into the firehouse and Stella's like, oh, by the way, I ordered something that's coming to the apartment. And Sarah's like, wait, what? What did you order? And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> which... <laughs> I love that Severide does not do well with change, and so immediately he's mm-hmm. like stressed. Mm-hmm. Like, what mm-hmm. could it be? Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious. It's a small thing. It's just something to put in the apartment, <laughs> and he's like freaking out, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is hysterical to me because he's so like he's fearless. He can jump off of buildings. I know. Into rivers. I know. I know. <laughs> he, can, <laughs> he can scuba dive in like cold water with a strong current. But no, no, you have his girlfriend buy a new piece of furniture for the yep. apartment, and he is yep. a mess. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> it's great. It's just great. <laughs> so good. And so Stella good. was having fun with not telling him. Like, you could tell. Oh, she was like... Without just... a doubt. <laughs> Which I can't blame her. After after the weeks of, like, separation, because he was too stubborn to tell her what that chief said, mm-hmm. <laughs> she deserves to have a little fun with him and oh, poke at him a little absolutely. bit. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um... I loved the the moment where like Casey offers to move out. He's like, uh, you know, if you guys need space, I can I can mm-hmm. move out. <laughs> Separate's like, did you not just hear me say that I don't do well with change? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. it was so cute. Like the Savasi moment. <laughs> these, I know. Those moments in this episode were so great. Mm-hmm. I love that like Severide just doesn't care. You know, he mm-hmm. should want to be living alone with Stella. Like, that yeah. would make sense. But he's like, no, no, I have my best friend and I have my girlfriend in the same place. I'm happy. Nothing needs you, to change. You know, We're good. In this scenario, if he doesn't want to move out, like, maybe Matt offered them the bigger bedroom. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I love that, like, Matt has the bedroom with the real walls. That's I know. the part that drags me up. I know. But, um, but no, yeah, so... I loved that little moment where he's like, did you not just hear me say, I don't do well with change. It was like mm-hmm. the funniest line from the whole episode for me. <laughs> oh no. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, Severide. Um, <laughs> but in the end, it turns out that it is one of those like basketball hotshot machines, Uh huh. which is like the coolest thing ever. And not something that I would think Severide would have a problem with, but Stella oh, knows agreed. him well. Mm-hmm. Stella knows him better than anybody. So, of course, she's like, well, you know, I had a feeling you might not, you might say no. And, you know, I don't want you to say no. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so I just didn't tell you. Um, <laughs> but, I, and I also love that we saw the three of them in the apartment. I always love when we see, like, Casey, Severide, and Stella in the loft. I think it's uh-huh. just so, like, domestic and cute. And we get to see their friendship as, like, a trio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Stella's like, 
Okay, so you two play each other, and then I'll play whoever wins, because mm-hmm. I have the high score. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just so cute, and Severed was so happy. Like, he was so smiley mm-hmm. and adorable and so mm-hmm. in love with her. It was just the cutest thing in the world. Um, after all their pain from earlier in the season, it was nice uh-huh. to see them just, like, in love and happy. Mm-hmm. And I love Which, that Matt at the end was like, yeah. so I guess I might be moving sooner out, moving out sooner than you think. And it's like, ooh, are we getting a proposal? Can we get a proposal? Oh, I know. I know. I need it. So do I. So do I. But I still want to enjoy the fact that I love Stella, but did she really think that if Herman wasn't going to do, like, karaoke or stuff at the bar, would he ever want a noisy game machine? Right. Especially if it came from game day. Yeah. Like, no, (laughs) Herman would be like, no, like, do you not get that within 10 feet of this building? Exactly. No, he's not taking that. That's a jinx. (laughs) <laughs> well but also good news that apparently game day is gone now so woo right <laughs> right <laughs> this, that whole thing was really funny mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yes i love that plot and i love sort of like the hints that like it's time for you know for them to move forward mm-hmm. and those hints have been coming for a while but it's nice to oh hear yeah Matt. it's nice to hear oh, them yeah. from matt you know mm-hmm. for him to be like uh mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you should do something about this, you know, like, maybe I shouldn't mm-hmm. be living here anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just really cute. But I also love that Matt made a point to say to Severide, like, she lives there, too, and she wants to just make it her own a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's her mm-hmm. home, too. I was like, that's sweet, Matt. Oh, you're a really good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though, Matthew, you're an idiot. Uh, but we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then the other big plot was uh the training mm-hmm. with mackie and riddo and riddo oh i guess that's gallo and ritter did i just make yeah, up a ship no name? i i think you did i like that riddo. <laughs> i like that <laughs> what oh. they can be a bro tp that's okay <laughs> i mean they, uh, hey they can be together as far as i'm also concerned. that i, I, I don't would care ship it. i would ship it honestly um, <laughs> but Gallo and Ritter, not oh my gosh. Um, I mean, Matt, to be fair though, we don't know Gallo's sexuality completely. We don't know, so it's never one for us to assume that he. I isn't mean, interested. he could be. Hey, I, I'm as hey, I'm as a bisexual. I'm like all for it. Let's have the mm-hmm. bi rep. Let's mm-hmm. do it. I miss Foster, even though I, know. I had hopes and dreams for her being a little more serious bi rep, but that's all mm-hmm. right. Um, <laughs> Anyway, not opposed to it. I'd ship it. Um, mm-hmm. but, but that wasn't the point of the plot. <laughs> no. so, and Violet's there too, by the way. Um, which gave us some hilarious <laughs> Gallo and Ritter. Like, just the whole the whole younger generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved Mackie being like, uh, it's not weird for me. Is it weird for you? He's like, no. And Ritter's just like, it is. It's weird. <laughs> Ritter just like constantly being Gallo's like wingman that's not really his wingman because he tends to like drop reality on him more often than not Mm -hmm. which I love which Um, in a way I still like to think like you know maybe Ritter's like Jiminy Cricket to Pinocchio a little bit in some aspect. Yeah I think so too he's like like his conscience yep yep (laughs) I agree with that they've got a little Pinocchio Jiminy Cricket vibe going Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. funny um so anyway, so you've got like, uh, and that whole time before we knew that this was this plot was leading somewhere for Mackie. That whole time uh-huh. I'm watching Gallo like flirt with Violet. Like, wait a second, I don't. But Mallow, <laughs> you know, like 
he's just I obviously know. being flirty and competitive with her and I was like I I tweeted like a gif of like a brow raise you know like a critical little like what mm-hmm. what you doing Gallo mm-hmm. um and then of course when we find out where this is all leading uh, <laughs> it made sense but and in the midst of all of that you also have Mouch who is for once being a bit of a showboat when this episode started and it found out that he hadn't done the training as well I assumed mm-hmm. that he hadn't done the training because he was avoiding it you know like it was going to be mm-hmm. like Mouch being Mouch on the couch watching television not really mm-hmm. wanting to like do anything too mm-hmm. strenuous what I assumed I assumed incorrectly <laughs> because well, when so they get I. there so yeah I. when they get there Mouch basically he already knows all this stuff so he's starts out with just telling them what they're going to need for the exercise and mm-hmm. then the instructor points him out to like give them an example and Mouch <laughs> doesn't oh, he do gives them an example yes but not of the thing he was supposed to give an example of yeah he, he decides to be a little bit of a showboat um, which Mouch doesn't really do, so it was, it, I mean, I liked it, because he's mm-hmm. been on the job forever, but nobody really mm-hmm. talks about the fact that he's uh, this truly experienced firefighter who, mm-hmm. you know, has, has been on the job X amount of years and has all this knowledge, and I, it's not really talked about, even though you know it, mm-hmm. it's just he's Mouch. <laughs> and mm-hmm. when you think about it like that, you really start to feel bad. Even though he's not a real person, you're still like, Oh, but yeah, he is really good at his job, and we don't mm-hmm. really appreciate him for being good at his we job. We do not. Like, mm-hmm. I felt real bad at the end of that. So anyway, he shows off, and he doesn't pass the course. <laughs> and he Which, yeah, I mean, I think in a way, I mean, he did end up accomplishing what the chief wanted him to do, but not yeah. in the way she, the chief wanted him to do it, so he did exactly. not Exactly. Right, exactly. And then also in the midst of that, you know, Matt, he was also offered... A position at firehouse 33 and mm-hmm. it's a really good position because it means that eventually she'll become the pic because the psc they do have is going to retire mm-hmm. and they want someone on that rig that can be trained to be the pic to replace them which mm-hmm. is a that's an awesome opportunity i mean Absolutely. you know in the in the in the rules of the world that she exists in, you cannot blame her mm-hmm. for being like no i gotta jump on this um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expecting the other reason about Joe that she gives later, but um, just in the face of that, that offer is really good. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the guy, he was impressed with her, which is even better. Because if you're going to go somewhere, you want somebody to have a good feeling about you, to be like, oh, yeah. man, you're, you're really good at this job and I need you here. Which mm-hmm. that's always nice to hear. So that's what this all turns to. I mean, you know, we started with Mount showing off, and but that's really the big part of this. Is that Mackie mm-hmm. walks away with an offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that turns into mm-hmm. her deciding to transfer out of 51. And there's a really nice moment with her and Joe. I really loved it. Where mm-hmm. they're having like this honest discussion about it. About what they think about it. And she says that, you know, if she's honest, she gets really distracted when he's at risk. Because they're close. And he was like really close with her brother. And it's like her last mm-hmm. connection to her brother. And and I wasn't expecting that reason, but I really like it because it just mm-hmm. it, it reinforces that friendship. And that mm-hmm. was one of like the biggest reasons that everybody fell in love with her in the beginning, I think, is because Joe mm-hmm. loved her. So Cruz is the type of character that if if he if he really is close to someone, you wanna you wanna like that person, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just the way he is Absolutely. because he's, he's a teddy bear. 
Like, how could mm-hmm. you not like a person this big teddy bear likes? I know. <laughs> so I, that was a really nice little send off for her as far as that goes. And then they had a moment with her and Brett, which I loved. I love Sylvie Brett. She's so supportive and so good. And the minute that Mackie brings it up, she's like, oh, you got to do it. You have to do this. This is amazing. And she could be upset for herself because she's had so many partners already. And she could have taken that moment to wallow and be mad. And But no, that's not Sylvie Brett. That, mm-hmm. It was just such a great moment, especially at watching women support women. Oh, Because it's absolutely. not often... I mean, right? We don't often see that on television. And I love the fact that Chicago Fire gives us those moments where it's like, here's women lifting each other up. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's wonderful. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so we had a little send off for Mackie and Mackie ends up leaving. Now, from what I understand, there's some debate as to why Adrian Ray needed to leave. But the story mm-hmm. seems to be that she had something going on that required her to leave the show mm-hmm. um so they had to write her out mm-hmm. um and i love the way they wrote her out it was a it's a really nice respectful goodbye it wasn't something tragic mm-hmm. or horrible like they've done in the past mm-hmm. um this <laughs> thankfully i don't think i could have dealt with that no i yeah. mean we can only handle so much heartache and so right. like just this was a good way for a send-off with i think the option in the future if she to, could to come back yes i agree with that and i think that was the goal because i think that i think she ever she was really embraced on the show very quickly the character oh Maggie, absolutely was amazing um i mean the minute that first episode of the season aired mackie was just like everybody loved her um and and that's not always the case with a new character Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just really nice to see the, all the support that she had her and Adrian you know they're one and the same so mm-hmm. there's just so much love and support there so it's sad to see her go but you know we understand um, oh absolutely but I mean I... she gave us she gave us nine episodes of this mm-hmm. phenomenal female character so mm-hmm. but I, I, I mean I will be honest and say that I remember when we were tweeting that night uh, we were just all very we were shocked because we were not expecting it whatsoever no. and, and we were uh, just so sad because like we had grown to love her so quickly over these nine episodes but we completely I, get it yeah and I think we all thought like it was a, just a storyline you know? yeah. <laughs> like you, you get yeah. to the end of that episode like oh she's gonna come back right like she's just yeah. transferring out for a couple episodes and then she'll be back and then th- all these articles come out that's like so and so shocking exit and you're like oh, oh, oh. no that was that was real oh. yeah no that's <laughs> It's not like she's going away for an episode and coming back. No, like, because I know you had even been wondering of, like, the next episode after this picks where we had seen Violet. Right, because I follow filming. And so there were all these behind-the-scenes photos of um, Hanako. um, Mm -hmm. I guess that's how you say your name. (laughs) On set um, with with, um, Kara. And they're, like, on a rescue scene and they're partners. And then there's pics of her outside the uh, firehouse when they were mm-hmm. filming at the firehouse and so I'm thinking like okay so is Mackie like she's gonna like be doing something temporarily and yeah Violet steps in that was my assumption I yeah. I was not thinking it was that she was gone yeah um that was that was not at all what I was thinking mm-hmm. um and then when those articles came out after the episode ended it was like oh mm-hmm. oh this is real yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. 
you know and and so it was it's sudden and unexpected uh-huh. and um but adrian's little um she did an instagram post oh, with a, was, a little like statement it was so beautiful and so sweet it was it um, was so heartwarming it just made me want to give her a hug because like yeah everybody loved her but we understand and so we wish her the very best and i love just wish we could have seen a little bit more but yeah. we it's we enjoyed the time we got to see her on screen for I loved, uh, there's a picture she posted of her and Daniel mm-hmm. on set in their turnout gear with, like, their backs to the camera. Mm-hmm. And just, like, just really cute. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely there's not any love lost between. Oh, absolutely. You know, all of them. So hopefully we'll see her again someday. Maybe she'll come back and visit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was the last of Mackie. Yeah. Um, so, but the other part of that plot was Mouch. So when <laughs> Mouch, Bowden finds out that Mouch didn't pass. He's mm-hmm. upset at first, and then Mouch, you know, just goes on this, has this really emotional speech of, like, I don't get mm-hmm. to be the guy that shows off. I don't get to be the hero. Mm-hmm. And just, like, this moment where you just want to hug him, like, but Mouch, you're mm-hmm. Mouch. <laughs> like, everybody we, everybody loves you. Nobody wants anything bad to happen to Mouch. Like, mm-hmm. earlier in the season when Casey kind of got mad at him because the ladder messed up and he thought maybe it was Mouch. Everybody, do you remember all the tweets? Everybody was like, no, mm-hmm. you can't do this to Mouch. <laughs> So we all love Mouch. And so like that moment where he really see like maybe he doesn't necessarily feel like people love him or mm-hmm. that he doesn't get the credit that he deserves sometimes. Mm-hmm. It was just like a really nice moment between Mouch Absolutely. and Bowden later on when he comes in and says, hey, I got him to pass you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I just want you to know that like you are the hero every time you come on the job. Mm-hmm. That's not a question that anyone has. And it was just a really great moment. I love that they're giving Bowden these like personal moments mm-hmm. with people um, because he hasn't been on scenes as much as he usually is. Mm-hmm. But they've sort of made up for that because they're giving him these like really interpersonal storylines oh, with yeah. different characters. And it's mm-hmm. just really great. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody loves Bowden. Oh, and they're yeah. really, really just playing up how important he is to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this season and I love it so much um, mm-hmm. anyway so that was that plot um, and the whole Mackie thing ends with Violet showing up at the house mm-hmm. and telling Gallo and Ritter that Bowden asked her to stop by the implication yep. being that she's going to be filling in uh, in Mackie's place for a little while which yeah and because as the whole I would hate to say like whole Brett's plot of the episode was that she had a floater for the episode? Yeah, who was this yeah. guy? I don't have we uh, have we ever <clears throat> seen him before? I don't know. We, we haven't. I, okay. I love that they introduced these other paramedics and they're always awful. <laughs> like, always, I love always. it. Like every single floater paramedic, except for like Rafferty, but she stuck around for a while. You know the the ones that just come in for an episode or two. They're always yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. when like when she uh rounds the corner and she sees diggins yes. <laughs> she's like you got to be warned to work with diggins mm-hmm. nobody warned me immediately you know oh this is this is not gonna go well Mm-mm. and Mm-mm. diggins was weird at first like i was thinking yeah. is he like does he like have a crush on her is he like i know with her i know it's just really weird and then you find out that he's looking for someone to like i guess sponsor him for the the big buddy program i say that with finger quotes big mm-hmm. buddy and so sylvie thinks it's like some sort of community outreach where he's like gonna like be a big, big brother big sisters yep. yeah to a kid and she's like uh, you're a very angry man i don't yeah. know 
Like, I don't think you should be around children willingly. (laughs) So she spends that whole episode with him trying to, like, convince her and her being like, no, I don't know. Yeah. And he's, like, wearing two different faces. And there's, like, the the most hilarious thing is when he interacts with (laughs) Stella and Kelly in the kitchen. And he's, like, asking her, he's saying, oh, so, kid, I heard that you're going to go up for the lieutenant's exam. She's like, yeah, yeah, I am. And he's like, man. That's the worst thing. You never don't want to be an officer. You know what an officer means? An officer means lawsuits. <laughs> and like Severide's standing there looking at him like, you are an idiot. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like the look on Severide's face is the best. And he's like, it goes without saying, but ignore him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It was a nice little Stellaride moment because Severide's being like, uh, you got this just ignore mm-hmm. ignore him he's dumb mm-hmm. and then the minute mm-hmm. brett walks in all of a sudden his total his demeanor totally changes and you know he's like it's so great to see a woman and you're in the and you're like Dude, yeah stop brown just shut it's up bad yeah, just shut up like sylvie sees straight through it man mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so that was her plot and then in the end it turns out that <laughs> he it wasn't the big buddy program was for adopting a cat <laughs> so she decides well that's okay and she signs the form for the cat um except he gets the cat and he hates the cat <laughs> so because she signed the form now she gets the cat and it's not just any old name cat it's veronica veronica who is apparently an asshole <laughs> But the cat doesn't look mean. Like, do you ever no. look at the, That cat looks so sweet in its little crate with its little toe beans sticking out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but apparently it's a mean cat. It's it's yeah. a little hellion. <laughs> um, so that was those plots. That was the other plots mm-hmm. surrounding. Um, and all of those plots, if you notice, were a little comedic. Yeah. And the reason for needed. that. It was right. needed is because Casey's plot that takes up most of the episode is not at all comedic. Yeah, no, not in any, any uh, way, shape, or form. No, they needed the extra levity, for sure. Um, so, it starts with a call, of course, as everything does, um, where they roll up on this accident, and it, I guess he's like a Lyft driver? Is that what this guy is? Yeah, like Lyft, Uber, all the same. Lyft, Uber, something like that. Um, so, like, the girl in the back is like pinned in the car because he's run up against another car and they're asking her if she's okay. And she's like, yeah, my driver's drunk. I've tried to get him to pull over and let me out. Um, and so Casey tells the guy to get out of the car, you know, get out of the car. Mm-hmm. The guy won't get out of the car. He refuses. So when Casey reaches to like get the keys and turn off the car, the guy hits the gas. Who's an idiot. Casey halfway in the car. Um, so when it finally all ends and the collision happens, Casey like hits his head on the pavement and rolls. And mm-hmm. that's the beginning of 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 Matthew mm-hmm. being a, a dummy about something mm-hmm. totally different than Sylvie Brett. Although mm-hmm. that still plays a role, but mostly just a big dumb dummy. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> So he hits his head, and of course he's like, I'm fine, I'm totally fine. Which normally, okay, he would be fine. I mean, he's been fine before when crazy things have happened. Mm-hmm. And so when he says that to Stella, there's no reason for her to doubt that. Um, and Sylvie, you can tell, wants to check on him, but he, like, orders her to go check on the 
per the girl in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what she does. Um, and it just sort of gets swept under the rug a little bit. He's got, you can see there's like a laceration at his hairline. Mm-hmm. It's a little red. But it doesn't seem like that big of a deal at first. Except as the episode goes on, he has headaches, tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just out of it and in pain. Um, you know, and he, he won't, he's not telling anybody that he's in pain. Mm-hmm. Because he's a man and he's stupid. I love him. I say that with affection. But, oh my gosh. Um, but then the other part, the part of this that I was really looking forward to was the return of Christy Casey. I know. So was I. We have not seen her since season three. Which seems crazy. I, it is crazy. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. But obviously her and Matt have kept in touch off screen, which I which- expected. Thank goodness, because that yeah. was going to be, like, <clears throat> so much harder, I think, to explain if they hadn't. So I'm glad right. that they were. Yeah, it's a lot easier to just be like, oh, yeah, they've been having, like, you know, conversations. <laughs> we just yeah. didn't see any of them. Um, I'm assuming the gift card that he, because, you know, they mentioned a gift card for Violet. I'm assuming that mm-hmm. was, like, graduation. Because she I'm should assuming... be, like, 17, 18 now. Yeah, so I'm, assuming. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that was, like, a graduation present. Because it didn't sound like a birthday present. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, yeah. it sounded like something else. Um, so we know that he's still in touch with Violet too. So that was nice. And they had a little moment in the house, you know, and they talked about their uncle Jake, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm assuming was their mother's brother. I Just think. because of the, the way they talk about he was obsessed with Nancy's case. Yeah. Would lead me to believe that it was her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he died recently. And they mm-hmm. confirm that neither one of them have been in touch with their mother, which I think we all assumed that Nancy just sort of disappeared. Yeah. Um, and so that was like canon confirmation that they haven't talked to Nancy since she left. Mm-hmm. Um, which, wow. Like, I can't imagine not knowing where my parents are. Like, not knowing yeah. if they're okay. Like, that would be... Also, I mean, like, not... I mean, I love the show, but at the same time of, like, if somebody gets out on parole, like, I'm pretty sure you have to keep in touch with, like, your parole officer. Oh, no, yeah, they made a point of saying that when it happened, like, on the show, when she left on the show. They, like, she's, he was, like, Matt asked her, like, what about your parole officer? She's, like, I'll take care of that. And, you know what? Never to be heard from again. I don't don't really want to know how Nancy took care of that, so we'll just. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We'll just leave it there. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, but they did mention that when she left and she just sort of like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Like, yeah, I don't want to know what that means. So yeah, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so that was interesting confirmation to have. I didn't expect to get confirmation about that. I didn't expect them Mm -hmm. to talk about their mother at all, to be honest. I know. Um, I know. So that was sort of like, oh, okay. Wow. Um, and then they talk about how Uncle Jake left a safety deposit box behind. But mm-hmm. since he couldn't leave it to their mom because no one knows where she is, he left it to them. Mm-hmm. And they both have to be there to open it. So she wants to go and open it and see what's in it. And Matt's like, well, it's probably a bunch of junk. You know, like stuff for her case or whatever. You mm-hmm. just have the bank throw it out. And she's like, no, I want to see what's in it. And, like, she asked him very nicely. And, of course, Casey can't say no to <laughs> people he cares about. <laughs> Absolutely. So they go. Um, and this is the part that 
this whole episode. Okay, here's I'm going to just go ahead and say why I have a problem with this episode. Because I feel like, and it was written by Derek Haas, by the way. Um, and it was written to screw with us. Like, yeah. I, and that's my problem with it. it I, there's a difference between keeping your fans frustrated mm-hmm. over a ship and torturing them with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't like the torture method, which apparently Derek does. So maybe I'm just watching the wrong show, <laughs> but I don't like that. I, I think that's, that's cruel and unusual Yeah, for an audience. Um, I think frustrated is different, you know, frustrate people all you want. That's mm-hmm. great. That's good tension, good angst. A lot of times people enjoy that, but there is a distinct difference <laughs> between keeping your audience frustrated and messing with their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything in this episode, as we go along, becomes clear that that's what the intention is. The intent is to freak us out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am confident that Bretzi is still in the game. But I oh, did, same here. I, I did have to take a break from Chicago Fire for a few days because I was feeling extremely frustrated with the way this journey was being written um oh yeah and it's it's gotten a little better we'll talk about that next episode but when we get to the next episode but this at this point in time it was very frustrating Mm -hmm. was it was it frustrating for you like to the point where you sort of had to step back yeah I mean I don't I definitely doubted myself because I tend to still be a very pretty optimistic person but like the conversations that were being had on the show it kind of just still felt like where is this coming from? Yeah. It felt like, like it just, out of nowhere, out of the blue, yeah. weird. Which, you know, it's going to happen with different people writing different episodes. So it's going to happen. But there's still usually some cohesiveness to it. So yeah. it, that was that was definitely the hard part. And it's just, it's hard because I never want to see Matt Casey in pain. I never Well, did. it wasn't so much. And the head injury didn't bother me because it's about time that got brought back up. I mean, that was yeah, I mean, two. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, it's the... <sighs> It is the way both pieces of this were put together. So basically what mm-hmm. goes on is we, um, Matt continues to have pain and he doesn't do anything about it. And then when he's at his desk, he pulls out scans, which are supposedly the scans from season two. But as some very discerning fans noticed, there are a lot of errors with those scans. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is funny because... Obviously, those details slip notice in production, but they don't slip the notice of fans. Oh, like we don't miss nothing. No, <laughs> and like almost immediately after the episode aired, people had screenshots and were like, "What is this?" <laughs> Which was hysterical. Um, anyway, so but supposedly there's the scans from season two, even if everything on them may not be correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was the report that came with them, which basically reminds us that one more head injury in just the right place could be debilitating mm-hmm. for yeah. Matt and, and force him to retire is essentially mm-hmm. the implication. That's what he was told back then that he ought to start thinking about retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he hasn't because it's seven seasons later mm-hmm. and here we are. So it was about time for that to come back up. My problem with that is that he paired it with what they find in the safe deposit box, yeah. which when they go, they check the deposit box and there's a watch in it, a Rolex. Um, and it's not what either one of them expected. Um, I think I felt bad for Christy because I feel like she expected something a little more sentimental, something that mm-hmm. had a little more meaning and, and, or maybe something that just gave some insight into her mother, you know, something. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't anything there really except for that watch. So she mm-hmm. walked away disappointed. And Matt was like, you know what? We're going to find out what this watch is worth. And if mm-hmm. it's worth anything, we're going to split the money. Um, and Christy was kind of like, well, no, no, we don't have to do that. He's like, no, no, I would have had them throw this out. So we are going to split the money because you had us come down here. So if <laughs> this is worth anything, it's because of you. So he goes and gets the watch checked out. And there's initials on the back of it, which at the time when the, the watch repair guy looks at it, Matt doesn't explain it. He just says, that's eh, a family thing. It's a mm-hmm. family thing, whatever. Well, when it turns out the watch is worth $80,000, which, Ooh. whoa, um, yeah. that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's like a house mm-hmm. or half a house mm-hmm. <laughs> That's or a quarter of a house, depending on where you live. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, that's, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't ever see whether or not he agrees to like sell it or anything like that. You just, you don't even mm-hmm. hear the price until Matt's talking to Christy, but mm-hmm. he had the guy look at it and then he goes to see Christy to let her know what happened. Well, it turns out the initials on the back are his uncle's late wife's initials. And she mm-hmm. died. What did they say? Like 50 years ago. It was a long ass time. Yeah. So like they must've gotten married when they were really young. Yeah. Like something tw- like 20s. Like yeah. 20s. Um, so, and she died young, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And so he, their uncle, the story is, was so in love with her that he never moved on. That he was hung up on her until the day he died. Mm-hmm. And because of that, Matt didn't feel right selling the watch. Okay. Well, separately, these things are fine. The watch, mm-hmm. the head injury, if you separate them, no, I, I'm nothing about that is going to make me panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you put the two together and it looks yeah. as if there is an exit plot being set up for Matt Casey. Yeah. Now, I don't for one second believe that Jesse Spencer is going to leave Chicago Fire yeah. because of one Chicago day. I mean, they did this whole big thing on one Chicago day with him and Kara promoting Which, yeah. the ship and the show. And... Jesse Spencer was straight up asked, hey, can you tell us anything about your contract? And he went on this thing about how he loves the city. He loves working in the city, living in the city. Mm-hmm. He, he loves the people he works with. He loves the work that he does. And he says, he said, why would I want to leave? Yeah. And so I think it's just, you know, that TV magic intention of, you know, keep the people guessing. Right. And that's why I have a problem with this. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was meant and it's intended to screw with us. So like, you yeah. know, you take the, the two things on their own, they're not a problem. You combine them together mm-hmm. and it causes a bunch of people to panic. You add in the fact mm-hmm. that there were all these TV writers writing all these articles. Could Jesse Spencer be leaving? And then yeah. it caused hysteria on Twitter yeah. for like who knows how long. And I honestly did not blame people for panicking because it upset me too. Yeah. So here's my problem with this. Derek wrote this episode, which means he is either baiting Bretzy shippers or he's mm-hmm. baiting Dossie shippers. Mm-hmm. Either way, that is not it's a just, good look. No, it's not fun. And it's just, it's like, Monica's enjoying her time on her own show. Let her let her live her life. And yep. just, just let the all ship sail. be able to move on. Yeah. All of us. Yep. You know, if, if you're going to have him go off in search of Gabby, then don't get Sylvie's feelings involved with this. Mm-hmm. Just have him go. He's had two opportunities before. Why didn't you do it then? Just have him go. If that's what's going to happen, don't toy with me over it. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And hurts Sylvie in the process, who I love. Mm-hmm. So 
let's not mess with that, okay? But yeah. if it's the other way around, there's all these poor Dossie shippers who are watching the show that are over here like, yes, we're going to get our ship back. Well, what if they mm-hmm. don't? You're going to just totally throw those people away because of that? That's that's rude. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I don't like it. I don't like either side of it. I yeah. don't like it if you ship Dossie. Agreed. I don't like it if you ship Bretzy. It's it's not good. So Agreed. it ups- it upset me a lot. Um, yeah. And but I don't for a second think that Jesse's leaving. I don't think Bretzy's over. I think this I think this is a red herring that Derek yeah. wants us to freak out. He wants us distracted by a possible exit, and so this is how he does it. Yeah. And I, I think we're still full speed ahead toward Bretzy. Full speed ahead toward that at the end of the season. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was definitely not the most fun to an episode that, you know, no. it, it was definitely there for, I think, a little bit of shock value to kind of get people talking, I, talking, panicking. I was going to say excited. That's not the right not word. Not excited. It's panicking. <laughs> panicking. No, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just to get people talking, which <laughs> to, to strike fear in, yeah. to strike fear into the hearts of all yeah. Jesse Spencer fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. What it is. I know. And that's cruel. I don't like it. I still yeah. don't like it. Not a fan. But, not but next episode sort of made it better. In fact, we waited to record this until I could watch 10 so I would feel better about it. Yeah, which I don't blame you, Logan. I don't blame you, Logan. So, I couldn't believe it talking about this episode. That would just be too mm-hmm. horrible for me. You know. So anyway, we're going to talk about the next episode after this and how much better it was. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're not done with fire yet. We're not going to end nope. it on this bitter note. But I did nope. not enjoy that episode for that nope. reason. I like parts of it elements yeah. of it individually yep. but you put all of it together and it just left me feeling very unsettled and, mm-hmm. and, and angry agreed so agreed yeah I can love something and criticize it and this was one of those instances where like absolutely I love it and yet I, I have to criticize it <laughs> absolutely. absolutely and not just because I ship Bretzy but because it's you it's, want the show you want to you want it better for I want to be excited about the show yeah, and absolutely. writing like that does not make me excited for the show. No. It makes mm-hmm. me anxious, and it 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 makes me upset that someone feels like, okay, this is fun. We're just going to play with people's mm-hmm. emotions, you know, mm-hmm. like this. This not is what, cool. and that's not no. Baiting mm-hmm. is never cool. I don't care what who you ship. Baiting is never cool. Agreed. So don't do it. Agreed. Yeah. Anyways, so. that's my thoughts on that. No, we should... I agree. And I, I think agree. that's the whole episode. I think it was. talked about it. It was. So <laughs> sorry, that was me being angry for like forty minutes. <laughs> no, but that's still you're allowed to get your this is the format to get it out. <laughs> good. I'm glad you feel that way. I do. I do. Okay, good. And now with Chicago PD, which I swear we mention it every podcast, Logan. If it's not in every like Chicago PD block, we at least mention it one time. <laughs> is that um what happened to Rojas? And unfortunately, right. at this we point, we had the perfect opportunity to I hear know. about it in this episode, and we got nothing. I know. So at this point, I don't know if we'll ever hear about Rojas. You never know; it could come up in like the slightest of conversation. But if we didn't get it this episode, I don't think we're ever going to get an answer, which there's, makes there's... me so sad. <laughs> it's going to be one of like the great unknown mysteries of one Chicago, <laughs> and I hate that so much. I hate That's it. Terrible! Like, really, we fell in love with her. You I know. made us fall in love with her, and now you're not going to tell us what happened to her. Like, like at least real? with, granted, these are different shows, so I get it, different people writing them, but at least, like, with Mackie on Chicago Fire, we got an, like, we have an well, understanding of why. And even with Foster, like, they mentioned her again yeah. when the show came back, just to yeah. say, hey, she's in med school. You know? Yeah. Like, like, just a line, a line, one line. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's <laughs> all we need. 
I know. So I know it's we've beaten a dead horse at this point with mentioning it so much. But no, we're gonna mention it until that we're gonna mention it every yeah. episode. No, like it can be five seasons from now, and we're gonna. Be I'm like, okay with what that. happened to Rojas. <laughs> I'm okay with that because Vanessa Rojas was important, and she deserves at least no. some acknowledgement. That's all. Right. That like her. She that actress was nominated for um an award. Um, I can't remember what the award show was. But it was, like, for diversity in storytelling. Yeah. And, like, you're, like, you're going to have a character played by an actress who gets nominated for an award, and then you're not going to tell us like, what happened? Like, in one of our past podcasts, we gave, like, a good reason. Just say, like, she went to Vice. Something. Literally two seconds. That's I mean, all we're asking yeah, for. Exactly. It would take no time at all for you to do this. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, it's, we're still salty about that. We're still going to be salty. So, just be prepared if... We still get annoyed at some point because it's well-deserved. Yep. Yep. But mm-hmm. as far as episodes go, this was pretty procedural. So, I mean, granted, we kind of went into, obviously, a bit of backstory. Not backstory. But a lot of character in the previous Chicago PD episode. But this one in particular, it felt very much like talking about the the murder that went down, kind of figuring out how to solve that, getting that bad guy. But it also was the major part of the episode was to introduce the new intelligence member unit of Mm -hmm. Cooper. And so it kind of felt like we didn't get to see a whole lot plot other than that. So there's not necessarily a ton to go into. But as per usual, we still like to at least talk about it a little bit. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, one of the early, like, Rojas episodes last season. Mm -hmm. um, Where it was really just about, like, meeting her. Yeah, the introduction. There wasn't much going out else going on, and that that's what yeah. this felt like. It's really just yeah. about meeting. Was it Cooper? Yep, okay. Cooper. Yep. Okay. And so how this really starts out is we kind of get to see um, the unit kind of arriving, what is like a convenience store, bodega, something store, or another. And Kevin knew the store clerk because I think it, whether it be just, you know, Kevin being familiar with the neighborhood or knowing the guy himself through just, you know, any sort of connection. Yeah, I think it, he, I, I yeah. could be wrong. I think he grew up in that neighborhood. I or think so. Up, I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. So obviously Kevin knows him and he ends up getting murdered. Kevin's going to do what he can to help solve that murder at the end exactly. of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think, I once again, I've kind of, I've been sick for the past few weeks. I was a little tuned out in the episode. So bear with me a little bit. <laughs> But I think what you had mentioned, Logan, and I think that makes complete sense. I think everybody in the intelligence unit had gotten burned or something. It, it, yeah. I mean, what they were talking about th- made sense. I think so. I think it was like who, whatever they were, whoever they were going after knew their faces. Mm-hmm. So like the only person left was, was Cooper. Guy. Yeah. So even though he's still pretty new, it seems. I mean, it seems like he had been obviously patrolman for a little bit, but still like re- obviously relatively new to like the intelligence side of stuff he was going to be the one going in undercover and i will say i was very impressed though in general with him playing so well undercover oh yeah me too because he's he was a talented just... guy yes. he's a talented young guy yes. like you can tell he's gonna i mean he's a bit like green a bit naive mm-hmm. but i mean that that doesn't mean anything that's not a bad thing oh exactly so, <clears throat> it's just different um mm-hmm. But he's obviously very good at his job. Um, and I think, I mean, I think he's going to fit in pretty well. It's going to be nice oh, to I have like a, a dewy-eyed, naive mm-hmm. person amongst all these people who are mm-hmm. just like, ugh. No, I agree. <laughs> Crime I agree. Chicago. Ugh. 
<laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, exactly like that, like like John yeah. Mulaney style. <laughs> uh, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Um, but really, where this episode ends up playing out the most is that Cooper is the reason that one store clerk was murdered was because of this whole drug ring, and so the off to get Cooper underneath there is with like kind of the main drug dealer guy and we end up learning throughout the whole time period that kind of Cooper's under is that I mean obviously the guy who is the drug dealer isn't a great dude but at the same time he's also caring for his sick brother so it's it's kind of I've always enjoyed how PD has been able to kind of humanize in a way mm-hmm. you know those villains yeah so I, I enjoy that it was still hard to see but it's you kind of really got to see from Cooper's side that these guys are not great but at the same time they're not it's not black and white right yeah and I I think PD's kind of always done a a good job of that oh yeah like they these these people yeah they're criminals but they have families I mean they have Mm -hmm. people who love them Mm -hmm. the same way that you know that we do or that the Mm -hmm. intelligence unit does so I mean, and they have people they're responsible for, you know? I mean, they, they always do a good job of mm-hmm. sort of showing that. And I think mm-hmm. the difference here is that you've got this new guy who's never really dealt with this before. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's, you know, seeing this, this person who has mm-hmm. someone that they're taking care of and that depends on them. And oh, I, yeah. I think that's where the difference was here because it made it feel more tense and urgent because mm-hmm. obviously he's going to be concerned about this sick kid and mm-hmm. you know um so that was it, it was well done mm-hmm. no I agree and it was just kind of enjoyable to see just you know from an I hate to say he's not really a rookie but kind of a rookie compared to everybody else in the unit yeah, in the intelligence unit yeah is. so <laughs> it was just kind of cool to see it from a different perspective and everybody else kind of have to be on the outside and when I say cool to see the view from everybody on the outside is that we kind of definitely you could sense the tension a little bit between you know I think Atwater was wanting to let the kid kind of do what he did and just to kind of give him some trust and faith in him a little bit whereas you know we kind of got to see Adam be a little less trustful than uh, Atwater a bit just because it was kind of like are we really trusting him do we really know like what he's trying to do what is going on with him (laughs) is hilarious because he came right out of the academy and I know I know <laughs> that's that's what cracks me up. Like he mm-hmm. wasn't even ever like really a beat cop. I know. <laughs> I know. It's still hilarious to this day. Um, but then it was just from there. It was just still really once again Chicago PD being and kind of throwing you a little bit because Cooper got to know this drug dealer guy and he kind of formed. I hate to say, but he kind of felt like he formed like a friendship with him, which was really hard because as they were kind of going down for that final drug deal is that with the like more head boss up in the chain you know he mm-hmm. obviously the, the super bad dude could sense how like something was clearly not right and so he kind of knew stuff stuff wasn't right like with what cooper was doing there and whatnot so very distrustful from the beginning of that meeting and then unfortunately this kind of middleman drug dealer guy that cooper had been getting to know gets shot in the process and ends up dying and it was just once again, did I expect it? No. But did it surprise me either? No. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's hard for anything to really surprise you on PD anymore because they, I know. They, I know. Always do, they always do things that you're like, oh man, did that just happen? But then you're like, I know. of course it happened. It's Chicago I know. PD. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. 
And so, and I think one of my still favorite parts of that episode is that when Cooper's kind of, not debriefing himself, but he's kind of like reorganizing himself after that in the locker room and Kevin comes and talks to him and they have a really good and a kind of heartfelt moment, but not heartfelt because I mean, it wasn't like too buddy-buddy, but at the same time, it I think Cooper was the one that said this, that we should have done better because as Cooper got to know the one drug dealer guy, like he said, it wasn't black and white. He wasn't just like this bad dude. He was somebody who had a family and he was, he was a guy who didn't have to be taken care of his little brother and he took care of him. So, and I, I just thought that was once again, Chicago PD doing a really good job, just kind of reinforcing that we can do better and we should do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They, they've always, I think, tried to deal with complexity I think mm-hmm. what's changed this season is is the sensitivity. So, like, yeah. in early seasons, it was very much, like, you know, a- excessive force. <laughs> it was not very sort of sensitive to, like, the actual community that mm-hmm. in real life excessive force affects. Uh, and I feel like that's changed this season, but they've kept the complexity of it. They've always sort of mm-hmm. dealt with criminals are criminals but they're not always bad people you know mm-hmm. they've always kind of mm-hmm. dealt with that sort of gray muddled line mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely oh and i mean mm-hmm. i hate to say at the end of the day like i know we've only been talking for like 12 minutes Logan, for chicago pd but th- at the end of the day this was i feel like a really good intro to cooper but yeah. there's not necessarily a whole other lot that was going on with the plot. No, I think it was just meant to show us like how he gelled with the team. Exactly. You know, how exactly how he sort of interacted, especially specifically with Kevin. Um, and just who he was as a cop, I think is really mm-hmm. what it was meant to do. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I, there there wasn't really much else going on. Mm-hmm. Now, next episode, totally different thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, but I'm gonna have one, some things to say. I'm gonna have some yeah. things. Yeah, this one there wasn't that much going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which you know, I, I you know, as with most TV shows, you're gonna get some filler episodes sometimes, and I don't think this like was completely filler. Like no, because it's it was, still it, was... it. Like we said, it, it's introducing a new character, which is yeah. important. That means it doesn't mm-hmm. make it filler. It just makes it yeah. like not as eventful as far as exactly. talking about it goes. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Talk about. 